Excuse me. Excuse me. Where's everybody going? To Gobbler's Knob. It's Groundhog Day. They say our love won't pay the rent. Before it's earned, our money's all been spent. I guess that's so we don't have a plot. But at least I'm sure of all the things we got. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. And I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. And really, what else could I do for this one? It just just felt like it was the natural starting (laughs) point for everything. So, uh, yeah. So, welcome to episode 51. Groundhog Day. Yeah. You guys don't really have Groundhog Day here, do you? Nope. Maybe we'll talk about it. Not even a little bit. No, no. Well, maybe we'll we'll have this conversation again in like ten minutes, and then we'll. Uh, <laughs> Mind you, since COVID, it feels like Groundhog Day. It does feel like Groundhog Day. I wake up do the same thing all the time. Yeah, just a slightly different movie here. Yeah. Uh, let's do the chart thing really, really quickly. We have charted this week in the United States of America, yes. in Canada, nice. Australia, Day. Germany. Nice. Uh, we're number thirty-four here at home in the United Kingdom. That's all right. We're number forty in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, did I say Japan? We're in Japan. Uh, Switzerland. Number number 29. Cool. Malaysia number 19. I'm back. Yeah. India number 6. Nice. And a new market, not new market. Oh, shout God. out to new market. <laughs> yeah. In Ireland, hey. Ireland were number 4. Wow. Ooh. I'll take that. Exciting. Yeah. I'll take that. Top Thanks. of the morning to you all out there. <laughs> so, uh, that and is... we just lost all of our listeners. I'm wearing a green jumper. Maybe that'll count. I don't know. Maybe it'll be our next one. Best, best lucky, lucky green jumper. Maybe, maybe we'll do some sort of like best St. Patrick's Day movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk briefly. Let's promo a few things. One is Cleared for Takeoff, our pilot analysis series called Cleared for Takeoff because it won the, the poll by a landslide. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that is great. So, um, Clear for Takeoff is the winner, and we've done two so far, and one is on Friends, and one is on WandaVision. Mm. And we had so much fun, we're doing it over at the Talk in the Mickey feed, Wanda Revision. So, we've dropped episodes one and two, three and four drop on Monday. So, if you liked what you heard from us on episode one, here in the Talk, the the best film ever feed, (laughs) go check us out on Talk the Mickey. We've got episode by episode over there. And as soon as we're done with this, we're going to go record episode four. Yeah, indeed. Big, a big episode. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Um, just a couple things. Number one, some of the, I can't wait to check it out. I've got my money on what I think is going on. I wish I'd written down who said that. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, we got, I think this was Dwayne Smith said, Clear for Takeoff is the best on the list. Easy. Will you guys be doing first episodes or cover proof of concept pilots? This is Lestat, hey. like the Big Bang Theory. Uh, to that, I've responded, why not both? Uh, Debbie says, going into three days of isolation, this was a very welcome sight. Uh, she really enjoyed it. And then the effing nerds, who we love, said, thank you. By yeah. the way, you guys have been crushing it. Love the new pilot show. Oh, nice. And so do we. Yeah, we do. So just a quick promo for what we got coming up later this week, too. On this feed, we've got One Night in Miami dropping on Friday. Nice. When Liam, me, you, and Ethan had a boys', boys night. night. <laughs> that was good fun. It was. It was good fun. So go check that out. And then, as is the case around the four-minute mark every podcast, I have to do this. There's a mistake. <laughs> think I'm we always make mistakes. Oh, Liam, last week I told you that B.B. Newell was not Liv Tyler's mother. 
She is? She's totally lip tied. When I was editing it, I went, <laughs> I need to check this. And I was wrong. But I went, probably I had the angel and the devil come up on my shoulders. And the devil went, no one's really ever going to look this up for you. you know? <laughs> no one's mentioned it. You can probably get away with this. But then the angel went, no, but you have a, a commitment to the truth. You do. The I do. I can't, let, I can't let it go. I just can't. No. I see, there was something <sighs> in, the, in the back of my brain where I thought I'd heard that somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. But just never put the name together. Speaking of things we heard somewhere, I got some shout outs to give. Mm, nice. It goes down in the PM for con- constantly recommending us. Um, they've got some Valentine's Day picks, which we have to reveal at the end of this episode. We're we going to say which ones are we're putting forward for the audience poll for our Valentine's Week episode. I can't wait. Uh, we'll see if we agree with them. Uh, they all start by Almost Famous last episode, so it was clear in depth and pointed out things in the movie they never noticed, and they've watched the movie three or four times. So, <laughs> anyway, they highly recommend our thing. That's what we try Thank and do. You. Yeah, we Here's try- some stuff yeah. you might not have noticed because well, we be, didn't notice some of we, it yeah. no yeah exactly sometimes it's like yeah the ninth time i'm because i've seen this so many times i can now look at the background yeah or i can look at the camera shot rather than p- try and figure out what's going on in the plot absolutely uh action b-rated podcast said awesomeness overflows from you once more spot on <laughs> episode and they thanked for the mention he said keep up the good work 50 years of rock said y'all are the best and i mean that i'm not going to turn on you like the kid in rocky did what did she say up yours creepo, creepo and we yeah. went we went it's screw you, Creepo. <laughs> Not up yours, Creepo. But yeah. yes. uh, Paul and Griff said, uh, clever, very clever. Uh, I got this in the day that it was the 20th, 20th anniversary of, uh, of the release. Uh. But he realized that's why we released it. <laughs> he said the Golden God Award goes to us today. They enjoyed the episode a lot. Nice. Let's Thank talk you. about this. It says, oh, they just sent us pictures of the, of the pub. So if you need to hear more of us, uh, three quarters of us, <laughs> Ellie, Georgia, and I were on Let's Talk About This, their movies episode, which you can find right now. It's up on, on their uh, podcast. We've retweeted out the link. So if you want to hear us talking about movies, George's hatred for Batman may make an appearance. <laughs> and, lots of fun. And I take them down over Inception. <laughs> I do. I absolutely rail on it. Nice. So definitely worth a shout. Uh, Dark Sage 11 said, burning through the podcast and your recommendation. Just finished Breakfast Club. They had some thoughts on teen films, but they love the two men, two woman dynamic. They say it balances the show super well, and they like that musicals haven't been dismissed. Uh, no, we won't dismiss them. Chicago is our number one still. Yeah. It is. And we all come from a, a musical background. They clearly don't know personally then. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Uh, Lestat, who's just started the podcast, hey. said there was so much, who knows there was so much to do after you record. Um, oh, big shout out to BFE and the gang for showing us how to get it done. We're learning by listening to you guys. Check them out. And if you're listening, you're already yeah. checking us out. So thanks yeah, a lot. Yeah. Check them out once yeah, they get started. I've heard a sneak peek. Yeah. I've heard a sneak peek. It's good. It is. I it got is. a hold of Lestat and said, sounds like a podcast. It does. It does. It does. Uh, a new listener, Rashid, said, definitely enjoyed the first episode, especially it's about Back to the Future. My so-called pop culture life's a great work and just listened to it and gave us some casting updates. Patrick Fugit was an outcast, which was a TV show. He was also in The Last of Us Part 2, which I think is a video game. Uh, Billy Crudup was in Watchmen as Dr. Manhattan. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. He was in the Apple, I think it's the Apple TV uh, program morning show. He was also in Justice League and Mission Impossible 3. Mixed bag for Billy Crudup there. Yeah. Uh, we also had a shout out from friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith! Hi, Dwayne. <laughs> well, no, Liam, we're reconciling. They're reconciling. You, you got to yield that back now. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry, guys. Okay. Hasn't watched any WandaVision, but was going to try and catch up and did message me later saying, I'm, I'm catching up. So oh, thank cool. you, Dwayne. Um, Maria Francesca said, clicked on our Goodfellas episode and definitely enjoyed listening. Uh, Chuck goes to the movies. Welcome back to Chuck goes to the movies. He just yeah. came back after a break. And finally, Marissa, who said, and I quote, promote your social media person because I'm going to listen right now. 
cool. So whoever that person is, yeah. they must do a fine job. <laughs> uh, and now let's just talk a little bit. Well, we're going to have a guest in a second. I don't know if they've shown up in the, uh, in the thing yet. They have. They have. Do you, do you want me to let them in? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and do that? Ding dong. Excuse me. Excuse me. Where's everybody going? To Gobbler's Knob. It's Groundhog Day. They say I love won't pay the rent. Before it's earned, our money's all been spent. And welcome, 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 welcome back. I know we already <laughs> played that, but it's Groundhog Day. You got to play. You got to play that bit more than once, don't you? And Absolutely. we are joined now by friend of the podcast from Pod Jerky, all the way from Canada. Canada. It's Tom. How you doing, Tom? Hey, Tom. I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Doing great. Good. I am absolutely peachy because now I have Canadian backup. <laughs> for too long, <laughs> for too long, I have sat here as as an oppressed by all these British people and their and their British ways. And oh, now I've got oppressed. some. I've got so we've some. Got, we've got one and a half Canadians on. The <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume Tom, I am the half Canadian and not you. <laughs> Absolutely. Or else George is just being terrible on the first minute. Ian, you are Greg Rosetsky. I am Greg. Yeah, Greg Rosetsky, Lennox Lewis. I'm Canadian when I want to be, and I'm not when I don't want to be. Tell me out, Tom, how cold is it there right now? Uh, Today is minus 15. Oh. Oh, my God. And I'm guessing snow is there. Uh, we only got snow a couple of days ago, so it wasn't uh, oh. too bad this uh, winter so far. And the winter's been very, very mild. So we actually only hit like the negative digits as of like this week. Wow. Uh, we were in like the uh, one to five degree range, and now we're in like the negative. Army. Yeah. So it's good to hear that things have been positive. And on that note, being positive, I really like and I'm very positive about Tom's podcast, Pod Jerky. That's what we call a segue here in the pod game and the podcast game here, folks. Uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead and just to talk for a couple seconds about Pod Jerky? Uh, so we're basically just a podcast that talks about everything. Uh, we started off doing some episodes about uh, health and fertility, uh, different things that happen with my wife, uh, coronavirus stuff, you know, the normal stuff that's been going on in the world. Uh, we've actually got into some of the music episodes that we've been doing. We're working with a hip hop artist in Canada right now. Uh, his name is Thrust and he is a icon here. Actually, he's been around for 30 years. Uh, he was part of um, one of our anthems that we had here called Northern Touch uh, back in the 90s. Uh, he's become a big part of our show and helping us out in promoting it. And then we got into some celebrities that we had on the show. We've had uh, Matthew Moy from Two Broke Girls. We've had uh, Adam Bush on from Men at Work and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And we just recently had Ken Shamrock on the show, and I was so excited about that one. That is the one that has me absolutely, like, gobsmacked. <laughs> I'm like one degree of separation or two degrees, whatever, however that works, from Ken <laughs> Shamrock. The world's yeah. most dangerous man. Georgia, you're a fledgling wrestling fan. Ken Shamrock was, am, a, yeah. was, was a deal in UFC first, but then wrestling. And then he went back to mixed martial arts back in the, I don't know, mid-90s, late-90s? Is yeah. he the guy that was on that list you showed me that I, was like I have no most idea. deadly wrestlers or something? I have no idea. But uh, he is wrestling for Impact, <laughs> I think, right now. So there's some, some yeah. stuff. So he's still active. He's, he's not young. He's like, he's got to be 50. Oh. he's i believe he is 60 years old wow yeah. yeah that's incredible that is incredible yeah but oh, definitely- the guy's in tremendous shape tremendous shape like i he was jacked up on the show uh like we did the video on the show and he's still jacked 
And uh, I was like, wow. Like, and, and I became like kind of a fanboy because I didn't think I was going to get him on the show. <laughs> and it just became, you know, yep, okay, he's coming on. And then boom, there he was. And I was like, wow, uh, Ken Shamrock's like sitting in front of the camera with me. So it was interesting. Outstanding. Uh, Tom was um, one of the first people. We started in our podcast. I was trying to get out there and sort of do stuff. And Tom and I met in some podcast Facebook group at some point somewhere. And we just exchanged a couple of messages. I remember I was getting petrol listening to one of his episodes on Canadian rap and rock we just exchanged a couple messages and then we ended up in this uh in pod vcom where the v stands for virtual that we've had the the pleasure of doing two shows at at this point and we're signed up for a third in it's march i believe is the is the is the 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 spring break pod vcom am i right on that tom that is right it's march 12th weekend and the march 19th weekend so a chance for a couple of live people who really like the, the Christmas one we did. They're not, you know, they're not normal Christmas ones. We yeah. had a lot of traffic on our Facebook for that. We will be yeah. doing something similar for Pod VCOM. Cool. With the V stands for virtual. Yeah. And it's actually really good because we have uh, out of the whole weekend, uh, both weekends, we only have 16 slots available, which is fantastic. Wow. The entire two weekends. That's like yeah. six days and only have 16 slots available left. Yeah. So we know a lot of our listeners are, are podcasters as well who yeah, kind of do yeah, that yeah. thing. So definitely worth a shout if you go on Facebook and look up Pod Vcom. Is it Pod Vcom or Vcon? Is it like an event page or is it just the group page? Uh, Pod Vcom is the group, yeah. and Pod Vcon is the event. Okay, so if they search either, they, they can basically find it. Yes. Yes. Or you know, if you're out there and you're listening to us, just get a hold of us on the Twitter, and we'll and we'll direct you that way. Yeah. So we, we we've had a lot of fun, and we want it to be a success, and it is. So and that's largely part to the work of Tom and the team on the admin side up there at PodVCom. So thank you very much. Yeah. Well done. You got it. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about movies because we like to talk about movies. And I've been trying to get Tom on forever for this. I'm really glad he's here. And we kind of thought, well, I thought, what's what's a good one that's sort of like timeless. Right. Yeah. And Groundhog Day, I'm going to argue right off the top, is a timeless film. Yeah. I think so. Oh, I do. Yeah. Now, who's seen it before? I know you've seen it, Liam. I've yeah. seen it. Tom, yeah. I'm guessing you've seen it just based I've on our it, similar yeah. age. Ellie, you made clear that I knew last time that you had seen it once. Yeah. Yeah. And Georgia? hadn't seen it before today good then we have one person with new opinions as long as they're positive i want to hear those (laughs) yeah um i don't know it felt a bit repetitive (laughs) that was a joke if you're saying you (laughs) if you're saying you couldn't follow this film we got words to have because it is um you're removing my podcast license that's it uh directed by harold ramus music by george fenton um written by um danny rubin and so the original idea for groundhog day came to writer danny rubin in 1990 he's living in la he's gone to see a movie as he's waiting for the movie to start he's reading the book the vampire lestat by Anne rice which which would later turn into interview with the vampire it's it's that character right and he just started wondering about vampires immortality and went okay let's hit the vampire out of it what would happen if you had unlimited time what would you do wouldn't you get bored how would you justify your life you would get bored and he starts thinking about this and he also had a short story he was working on that was like what happened if you woke up and lived the same day over and over and over again and he said we'll just put those together Oh, yeah. Because all because he lives the same day over and over and over again doesn't mean he has to be immortal. No. That's kind of something that this film chooses to do, right? And so he kind of comes with this idea about this concept. And he goes, all right, I think I've got something. And so he literally grabs a calendar and goes, let me look at the major holidays. And he comes across Groundhog Day and goes, there's no movies about Groundhog Day. <laughs> there is if no. I do this right, if I do this right, yeah. I can corner the market on this, <laughs> on this season. 
And he totally has. And I'll be damned if he, if, if he didn't do it. Yeah, exactly. Does it count as a major holiday? It's not like a major, like you don't get time off. I mean, I'm sure Tom will back. It's just nothing more than like a little bit of a footprint, a footnote in, in the day's event. Yeah, there's no there's no holiday here. I don't I don't know around the the rest of the world whatever they do. I have no idea, well, but here, no. I think it's a North American thing because I asked these yeah. guys and they had no clue really what Groundhog Day was. No. Right. I don't I don't think I'm aware of it apart from because of this film. I don't, yeah, I don't I think, think I would have known what it was before I ever watched this. Like my only reference is this film and that song in How to Succeed in Business. The, um, <laughs> the glorification of a groundhog could only be a North American thing. It's so trivial. Yeah, it's so so trivial. Um, and so there was two offers on the table for the script. One was arranged by Harold Ramis through Columbia Pictures that would give him more money, but he'd have less control. Yeah. Or there was another one that said less money and more control. And I'm the kind of guy who would go the Kevin Smith route, right? Yeah, yeah, give yeah, me yeah. less money, and I'll have more, control. but I'll have more control. Absolutely. No, this guy just sold out and said, "Yeah, you can have it." Yeah, yeah. And then instantly regretted it. Wow. Um, because uh, they started tweaking, and they said, we don't like this about the script, we don't like that about the script. I'm going to say, for the most part, having read the, the changes, I think it's better for it. Oh, really? I do think it's better for it. Okay. Um, so, as part of the a, a, agreement, Ramus gets to do a rewrite. Yeah. Okay? And so he does this, and ch- gives it a more cynical and grouchy tone, because originally he was just like the sweetest guy on earth, and why am I stuck here? I'm a nice guy. Okay. And it doesn't work. No, no, He's no, got to no. learn something. He's got to have a redemption. It's got to be a redemption story. It, it does. It I does. love a redemption story. Yeah, it's too. just the way I am. Yeah. And so um, it's released. You would think it would be released February 2nd. Around then. February 5th. Yeah, yeah. Or it would be like a summertime release. Yeah. And you just miss it all together. No, it's released February 12th. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it by that much. <laughs> right? oh. February 12th, 1993, uh, which was considered the year of the family film because there was a lot of violence and sex in films at this time. And uh, just as a quick side note, it's retitled in France and Brazil, where it was known respectively in France as a day without end. Which is okay. <laughs> yeah. But I prefer the Brazilian one, the black hole of love. Ooh. <laughs> the black hole of love. And that's it. So now we're ready to go ahead and start the film. So, uh, I'm assuming we all watched this recently. I mean, we, I watched this today. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start off, and there's like an intro sequence with clouds. And that's it. It's just names over clouds. Yeah. And that's about it. And then we meet Phil Connors, played by Bill Murray. I'm going to go right off the hop and say, I think, I think Bill Murray's great in this. He is, but he's cynical anyway, isn't he? He, I mean, he's, he's got that he's, grumpy and tankless look about him. He's playing to type, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Very much so. Um, Tom, are you a big Bill, Bill Murray fan? Yeah, uh, I don't mind him at all. He's uh, he, he was fantastic in this film, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, I like Scrooged. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I like Scrooge. I liked. I, I kind of like Ghostbusters. Most people love Ghostbusters. Oh, I love Ghostbusters. Oh, I don't get it. I don't oh. get it on that level. I don't. Oh, no, but that's but it. that's more of an ensemble piece, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got Aykroyd. Really? I like his, his character in, in Ghostbusters. I love. Well, he is the yeah. Steen the, the Steen Ceiling guy. Yeah. The Steen Ceiling. The, the Steen Ceiling. The Steen Ceiling. <laughs> the Steen Ceiling. Out of all the ceilings, he's, he's the steeniest. The steen ceiling. Yes. Apparently. Sounds like a director's name, doesn't it? Steen's the ceiling. Steen ceiling. <laughs> Liam. Apparently, the part that he got was supposed to go to John Belushi. Oh, what in Ghostbusters? Yeah, but yeah. he died before he died he, before he could get yeah, made, yeah, so he yeah. came in. The part yeah. was for him. So to step into somebody else's shoes and some of the greatest sort of reruns, recast are because of death, unfortunately. 
Imagine how different the film would have been with him. Well, speaking of imagine how different the film would be, I have the short list for the original <laughs> Phil Connors. Go for it. Chevy Chase. No. Michael Keaton. Ooh. I wow. wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. And the third one, you're not going to... favorite actors. The third one, you're not going it, to... The third one's one, one of my favorite actors, but my mom thought he was icky. Uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And so do I. Tom <laughs> Hanks. Thank you. Hanks' theory was that he's always considered the nice guy, so he wanted to break out of it and yeah, show yeah. what he could do. And this is before I mean, ninety-two. I mean, he's about to crack big with Philadelphia, yeah. but before this, he'd done a lot of Turner and Hooch yeah, and Dragnet yeah, yeah. and the Money Pit and Big. big yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I've always thought that Hanks and um, Bill Murray look really similar. What? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hanks is most of his Get hair for one. Really. Mm-hmm. George's gimmick is face blindness, not yours. Yep. Um, but, yeah, but Georgia and I sometimes do both struggle on the yeah, same people true. when it's similarities. It's like the Leo and Matt Damon thing. I read an article today in the newspaper, and apparently that's a real thing. What, face blindness? Yeah. Yes, it is a real it thing. It is a real it's thing. It's a real thing. It is. I hope Georgia's I keeping... genuinely struggle. I hope with our voices both having that Canadian tinge that Georgia can tell myself and Tom apart today. <laughs> <laughs> if we turn off the cameras, we'll should be able to tell. <laughs> um, and so... Um, Hanks was eventually written off for being too nice. He went, actually, you know what? You, you are nice. And originally he was supposed to be a younger man, but they realized all the comedians we want are older. Yeah. yeah. And it works better as an old guy who's bitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's got to be a guy who's starting to maybe see the peak on the other side. Yeah. So, you know, if he's a 20 something year old weatherman, you've got, you've got, you've got 15 years to make a career before. I mean, Phil Connors is on the verge of yeah. being too old, right? He never really quite made it. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, Ruben, however, the writer, he wanted yeah, Kevin Klein for the role. Kevin Klein, cool. Yeah. He wanted Kevin Klein uh, because he felt that he could act better than um, better than I do, like, I do like Kevin Klein, but... I like Kevin Klein, but I don't see him as being... No, no, no. no I like no. grouchy Phil Connors. It would be a different type of Phil Connors. If, I love Kevin Klein. Uh, Fish uh, called Wanda, fantastic. To be fair, I still think Michael Keaton. I don't think he'd admit good in this part. If we could go back but, and just sort of... But if you it. had... If you had one of those guys in the in the film as the original actor, would you say the same thing and say, you know what, I don't see Bill Murray as being that actor in the movie as well? It's interesting because yeah. because we have occasionally gone to ones and gone, no, this is the only one who could work. But occasionally we've gone to ones and gone, no, this this is a much better choice. Why wouldn't you go with him? Yeah. But I'm not that big. I'm not big on Hanks. I'm not big on Klein. I'm not big on whoever the Chevy Chase. No way. Keaton would be interesting. Yeah, he would. Mainly because I'm just really into Keaton these days. I'm, oh, I've always been into Keaton. That guy's amazing. Actor. I'm just sort of coming back around on him. There's just too much going on it's behind them he, eyes. It's because he did so. It's because he did so much crap, though, isn't it? He did Jack Frost. Multiplicity. Multiplicity, which there's a note for. He turned this down, and that's d- directed by um, Harold Ramis and also stars Andy McDowell. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of had the opportunity <laughs> once, and then he goes with multiplicity. So, you know. Oh, nice. I, I haven't seen that one, though. No, I have. No. Have you? Yeah. Any good? Yeah. Uh, there you yeah. go. So uh, Ramis reassured <laughs> Ruben of the casting, though, saying this is what Bill Murray can do. He can be that nasty and make you still like him. And I think that's very accurate that's true, for this yeah. film. McDowell agreed, saying he's a jerk, but he makes you laugh. And we I don't know if you know this, but Murray and Ramis have had a longstanding yeah, collaboration. We're talking Caddyshack. We're talking Meatballs. We're talking Ghostbusters. Yeah. All of these things they did together. And it was Ramus's version that attracted Murray to the project. But almost as soon as they got on, on set together, they fell out. Yeah, and, and they fell out years, didn't it? hard. Yeah. And I think part of it, I'm going to make a really strange comparison here, but stick with me. Tom, do you watch American football? 
I do. Okay, so the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick thing. Yeah. Who made who? And so there seemed to be this frustration from Murray's side that everyone's saying, you're only funny in the stuff that Harold Ramis does. Oh, okay. So it's not you, it's his stuff and his direction that makes you a great comedic actor. And he's going, no, 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 I'm tired of people thinking I'm only, me. so he's Tom Brady in this, yeah, that yeah. I'm only me because of you. <laughs> I'm going to go somewhere else, like Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. But it took him a lot longer than one year, uh, Murray. Murray went through a bit of a down spell. He did. He have did. You, have you ever seen Broken Flowers? N- no, I hear it's good. Like he's no, that's t- no? crap. Um, Lost in Translation, it lost me. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. I, I didn't get it. I don't know. Yeah. It just wasn't my thing. What's that one where he's um, a zombie? I don't know. And he gets this? Head, and he gets his head blown off. This? No. <laughs> he dies in a lot of ways <laughs> in this film. <laughs> he does, he does, he does. I don't know. I, don't know. I didn't see The Life Aquatic. I, I haven't seen that. Either. I hated I Heart. Is he in I Heart Huckabees? I hated it. Anyway, I think he was. So, such as, so, we, so they're, they're, they're falling out and almost instantly. And so, um, as a result, Ramis sends the original writer, Ruben, to come back in and work on the script and work on it with Bill Murray. Going, here, original writer, go hang out with Bill. That'll get you out of my hair. Yeah, yeah. But then when he would phone, he was like a, like, a, like a delinquent person on his payments going, pretend I'm not here. <laughs> don't answer. Don't tell him. Don't tell him I'm here. And so, he sort of, Ruben got caught in the middle of these two fighting back and forth. Um, and so, um, but the one thing Ruben did do, which was effective, he said, don't get any references to the nineties. I don't want any pop culture references, nothing that can put this in a specific time. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. film is better for it. It is. It is. Like you said, it makes it timeless. It, it does have a timeless quality yeah. to it, I think. Uh, and the reason why Murray was also in a bad mood was he was in the middle of a bitter divorce. Oh, okay. So he became obsessed about his work. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, not in a good way. <laughs> no. So he was like phoning like the director at four in the morning and things like that. And so he would show up late to set and his behavior was described as irrationally mean and unavailable. Um, at one point, Ramus uh, heard that one of the actors thought that he'd offended Bill because Bill went off on him and Ramus made him apologize to him publicly. Oh, that was. <laughs> if, you, if, if, you, if, you, if you got a big old ego on you, I'm not sure how that works. Ew. But on flip side, the guy who plays Ned recalled before their first take, Murray walked into a bakery, bought all the pastries, and he threw it to the gathered onlookers in order to try and cheer the mood up on set. So he kind of came to his defense a little bit. Okay. But according to Ramus, finally, last tidbit before we jump into it, really, um, most of the time when he tried to explain a scene to Bill Murray, Murray would just cut off and go, just tell me, is it good Phil or bad Phil? And that's all he would say. <laughs> Just tell me, just tell me which one of the two I'm playing, and then we'll just be like, "Shut up, I'm doing, I got it. It's good, Phil, or it's bad, Phil." Oh, really nuanced performance there. <sighs> you kind of hear all these <laughs> stories, and you're like, "It's amazing." This film turns out like it does. I know. So we have a weather report, and he's in front of a blue screen, and he's really quite. I think he's really quite likable when he's doing his weather thing. Yeah, he is. I remember as a kid, it was the first time I'd seen like a blue screen in action. I was like, "Is that how they do the weather?" That's amazing. <laughs> Every now and then, the news would show you the green screen or the blue screen when they walked up. I'm like, "That's amazing. How do they do this?" I never understood how they could follow it. Well, they have that. I, we saw I, they I, have that I, monitor I, on I the did, side. Yeah, I did this time round, but before I'd never. Knew. He's really funny. He's the weatherman I want to have because he's like making like the things move around with like gesticulations rather than just pointing and blowing on them. Yeah, the clouds. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm bad enough trying to get the background on my Zoom not to go on when I want it to. <laughs> I'm not gonna get with that stuff. It was interesting to see like the side TVs that they had uh, over off to the sides there to see that that's what he's looking at while the blue screen's behind him. Yeah. And to see kind of how he's doing it in live. I mean, that's, there's, there's a definite skill to that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And so we find out he's going to Punxsutawney 
to go check out the groundhog. Now, in Canada, we don't have Punxsutawney Phil. No. We have our own groundhog. Go on. Wyerton Willie. Wyerton I like that better. Wow. And, and he's an albino. Oh, he sounds like, he sounds like some sort of a uh, um, Western guy. He, yeah, Wyerton Willie. Yeah. Wyerton Willie died, like, not that long. Like, I guess in my lifetime, I guess every groundhog probably dies in your lifetime at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But, but when you have an albino groundhog, that, they don't they're have, a little more difficult to find, I think. They have a shorter life. Anything albino. Do they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't do. Know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, okay. it's part of the, like, part of the condition. But, okay. Yeah. But, it's so that, difficult to find in the snow. Ex- I, think that, I think that's another level <laughs> no, to it. But it turns into these things where, like, on Groundhog Day, you'll hear, like, here's what Wyrton Willie said. And they'll go, but... In in Punxsutawney, he said this, and we have like like you know Groundhog Wars. So is Punxsutawney a real place? Yeah, it's a real place. Oh, okay. Punxsutawney feels a real character in a real place. Oh, okay. I thought okay. it was all made up. Nope, that part is real. Cool. And they take this rodent out, and they claim it saw its shadow or it didn't, and it's a nice little fluff piece for the news. Mm. That's all it is. Nice. And then we meet Larry the cameraman, played by Chris Elliott, who some people might recognize him as the mayor from Schitt's Creek. Yes, and that. also the guy from Something About Mary. Yeah, he's the other. The he's the I other guy him. from Something About Mary. Was he the also? Gets hives. I think he's also Lily's father in How Much Your Mother. He is. Yeah. Yep. Was he in Scary That's Movie? That's how I recognize him. He's, he's done a lot. He's been on King of Queens as well. Yeah, and he's, he's always a loser. Yes. This is where the best he looks in anything he's done. Oh, he okay. looks quite good in this film, actually. He's very young. There was there was one point where I was looking at him like, oh, you're not like you're not covered in hives or really scrawny. Like you just look like a normal <laughs> human being. Like they're really strange. Ellie's benchmark, being. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 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 not covered in hives or really scrawny. And we also not covered in hives meet Rita played by Andy McDowell. And uh, originally comedians were auditioned for this role, but uh, they determined that someone vying with Murray at comedy, you're just not gonna be able to keep up. No, and I don't think that worked. You, you need that straight guy. So they went instead with someone who could just be sincere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's really good at reacting to what he does, but she not is. in a funny way. No, 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 no. Just in a genuine way. Yeah. And I got, I do not rate Andy McDowell as an actress full stop. I think she's good in this. I, mm. I agree. Oh, I, I, I like her. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. Oh, if if if, if my choice gets chosen what for, for 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 well, we'll see. Yeah, because I've got some no. Well, no. The only reason I say this is because she had her like big prime time of being in movies, but she weren't ever like the star star. She nope. was like the supporting star. She's a good. She's a good southern. She's she's, she's bankable. She's not bankable. She's she's um. E- easy going. She, she's what's the word I'm looking for? I have Reliable? no idea. Sorry. Reliable? reliable, reliable. Yeah, she's a safe pair she's, of hands. She's a safe pair of hands. She's reliable. Yeah, she's you know? a six. Yeah, she's a six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a six, and but she's never. She's never going to be an eight, but she's never going to be a two. No, exactly. no, she's, she's you, solid. Yeah, you, yeah. So if you want her in a movie, even Stevens, she's going to do. Somebody, yeah, Annie McDowell. Yeah, you know. So this is. I know this because of playing fantasy football. You pick your six if you need a. If you need just a solid man, not a two or an eight. There, there you go. go. Exactly. There you go. Something. Someone who won't win you your week, but they won't lose you your week either. Yeah. So that's I, I two different something. football references. One of them brought forward by Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and also, just as a side note, the singer Tori Amos was considered for this role. What? Yeah. A cornflake girl. <laughs> I, have, I don't know. What you, uh, mm, okay. No. And then we have credits 2.0. They had enough time for two different credit sequences, and they're driving Why? to Punxsutawney. Huh? Why? I have no idea. But the song about this being... Groundhog. There was a song. Yeah. Lots of credits. There was a song about being a weatherman. About being a weatherman here, and that was partially written by Harold Ramis. Oh, was it? Yeah. 
So uh, we just find out on a side note that Phil wants to leave WPBH and Rita is like a child when she's describing the groundhog, <laughs> which he mocks, justifiably so, I think. Yeah. And then we go to Punxsutawney, or should I say Woodstock, Illinois. Woodstock, Illinois. (laughs) So by the time they arrived in Woodstock, Illinois, over 60 towns had been scouted. Um, And so this was made aware to the producers, though, uh, from the work on planes, trains, and automobiles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there any reason they couldn't use Punxsutawney? Yes, the layout didn't. There wasn't like one big light town center, and they really needed that. Yeah. So the oh, layout okay. of a town itself didn't lend itself well to filming. I've got some thoughts on on, on oh, okay, finger yeah. quote Punxsutawney that we've got here. Yeah. Um, although it was remote, it offered timeless quality that the filmmakers were after. And I really think it's, it's a beautiful little small town. It, it is. Uh, and so after it was uh, arranged to be uh, viewed, they, Ramus and Ruben decided, yeah, we need to go ahead and film here. And I think generally it's, it's, it's quite a good choice. Okay. Speaking of a good choice, I've got you, babe. We start our first day now in Punxsutawney and this old school alarm clock. I had this exact same model of alarm clock. Did you? I did, but the things flipped over and the buttons were in the same place. My cousin did, but I didn't. Oh, I don't know. So I predate a digital alarm clock in some capacities. So it was just like the the, the flips, the little individual things. I don't know. I'm dating myself. Tom, I'm assuming we're close to the same age. I've always wanted one of them. (laughs) I, I didn't have one of those. I had those ugly brown uh clocks that were digital and okay. the ones before that were all the, the like grandfather clocks that did the dinging and oh, okay parents house. yeah it was, that's all i had no i had i did have i, I wonder if i still have it at my parents house it'd be great if i did yeah. like i'd have to bring an adapter over just to use it but i'm really <laughs> quite tempted uh but i've got you babe was in danny rubin's script right from the beginning he thought it was the I perfect did, song that's catchy you know it but it could really get tiresome quickly which I said, didn't it's I? that bum 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 bum. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's that. It's that sort I of. I love this song, but when you watch this film, God, he chose it because of repeating lines, and it was about love, which he felt were thematically resonant aspects. I just think it's annoying. What? Like it's good the first. It's good on the first yeah, listen. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 And then they go outside, and it's cold. They're calling for a blizzard today, and it was a cold shoot. Much of the shoot was con- uh, conducted in conditions described as frigid and bitterly cold. It was often estimated that it was around twenty degrees Fahrenheit or minus seven degrees Celsius. Mm. which is about halfway as cold as it yeah, is for Tom today. Say, yeah. uh, but they persisted until the end of May, these conditions. So Murray said being outside for 12 hours a day left his skin feeling raw and made him irritable. It sounds like that wasn't the, just the weather. Do you know what? Actually, as the film goes on, you can see he looks a bit more weathered. But, uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean as a joke. But, but then as it gets warmer, then you have the opposite problem because now we're dressing in these winter clothes because yeah, yeah. they're shooting the scenes from, from day one, yeah. second and oh. day two first you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. and so they're now they're like overheating because they're in these like especially like if you think about the scene at the at the quarry oh yeah, yeah like yeah, it yeah. looks warm on that day it, it does it, it does yeah and this is where we establish the routine i think shows like this films like this things of this nature where you're gonna buck the trend it's so important that we as the audience pick up on these key cues or these key notes mm-hmm. so for instance if it was like a, a play and you'd like noises off that's important so we know how it shifts if you do any time travel movie back to the future it's important we know where the beats are so when they deviate from those we know they've changed yeah so we get the guy who asked him about the weather in the corridor we get the woman offering him a coffee downstairs and then we get all the events leading up to the town square so we get the homeless guy we get ned yeah. and we get the shoot itself and yeah. we sort of get 
this and is the sort, puddle. And the puddle. And there's a sort of timeline prime, if you will. But we have to know all these beats so that when he changes them later, we find humor in that. Yep. And so, um, and he is, he's so rude. <laughs> he's so rude. Especially I, to the woman who just wants to like, ask how his day was. I think he's just being Bill Murray. It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> and here's my question. Whenever there's like this idyllic small town, why do they have a homeless guy? Always just one. <laughs> like there's just it's just to show how much of an asshole he is. I watched, he should have hadn't hadn't mm-hmm. eaten apple as he walks past. I watched some Christmas movie on Netflix last year, uh, so 2019, and it had the guy who played Plop from The Office in like the male role, and there was a woman in it. And there's like this beautiful small town, and there's like one random homeless guy. I'm like, if you guys, and they're all like, oh, we care. I'm like, why, why don't you care about the homeless guy? Look after but, the homeless guy. How, how come there is a homeless guy? <laughs> they're showing diversity. <laughs> Jeez, this is bad. Like, if this supposed to be the greatest town ever, which we're told at the end it is, yeah. why is Bill Murray the first one to ever think about helping this guy? Yeah. Just a thought. But did and, he walk by the homeless guy every time? Oh, it's for, and, for a right while. Up until the end and yeah. do the same like a lot of people do and just kind of... The fake know, bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't got no money. I don't have... Oh, I would, but I don't have it. Yeah. And then we meet Red... Ned, Red. Ned Ryerson, Needle Nose Ned, played by Stephen Tobolowsky. I've seen him in something else. Yeah, he's got he's got one of those. He p- plays the irritating. I think, you know guy. who he was. He is okay. Georgia will know this, and you might not know this, but someone else might. In Glee, he plays the original Glee teacher before uh, Matthew Morrison takes the job. So he's the guy who got caught dealing drugs or something okay, like that. I never saw it Glee. Or, oh, the weird guy. Yep. Or if you do Community, he's the one who writes the book about who's the boss in the class that Abed takes. And determines that Angela, Ethan would be freaking, Ethan's now shouting, I promise you Ethan is shouting at the podcast going, it's this, it's that guy. <laughs> so he's kind of that guy, he's a loser in everything he does. He's just, you know, irritating. And, he's got that look But he's good him. at it. Yeah, he's so good. And so it was said that his audition was overwhelmingly obnoxious. <laughs> and he said that the, the script he was given on his first day on set was only about a third of the original copy. And he changed the other two thirds had been changed. Oh, okay. And he's so good. He's so good in this scene. He's very, isn't he? Yeah. yeah like, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I want to punch him. Yeah. Yeah. Which I got some escapism thought, later. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, this is where maybe it's worth talking about at the beginning of, of the original script, they open up and Phil's already in the loop. Wow. And it opens up what we call in media res in the yeah, middle of things. Yeah, and we're not giving an explanation, but he's already in the loop. The thought was we need to see him before the loop. Yeah, you do. To see who he is. Yeah, yeah And yeah. so that's why we have this first day. Uh, well, it wouldn't work unless you did that. Uh, no. And then I have a section called that first step's a doozy. Oh. One of the things that actually <laughs> made this, that actually made Woodstock a good choice was this pothole already there. Wow, yeah. that's brilliant! Now, they, 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 <laughs> that's they may a have, massive pothole. They may have exaggerated it by digging a bit yeah, further, yeah, yeah. but there was a pothole oh, okay. located there, and they went, "This place is perfect." <laughs> that's brilliant. So uh, Murray, to prepare for this, wrapped his foot in cling wrap, cellophane, yeah, cling yeah. film, whatever cling you would call film. it. Yep, neoprene and two pairs of socks. And as soon as the scene finished, he would begin an expletive-filled rant until the costume department dried his foot with hair dryers to avoid frostbite. If you go to Woodstock, uh, there is a small plaque that reads Bill Murray stepped here on the curb where Murray continuously steps into the puddle. And there's another yeah. plaque on the building wall that says Ned's Corner, where <laughs> Phil was continuously accosted by Ned Ryerson. 
That's cool. I kind of like want to go here now. Well, I do. I do. I, I want to stand in the pot. Hole. I hope. Yeah, the, me too. Like you got to think this is going to be the one place I do not fix that plot hole. Yeah, that plot yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. Plot holes you should fix. Potholes do not. <laughs> <laughs> and here's my thought because I think I thought to myself this town square is so important, and there's only one other film I could think about that had a town square was important. Back to the Future. Yeah, of course. I was going to say that. Where the the geography of where these places are becomes so important to the themes and the presence of the film itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to fall in love with Punxsutawney for this film to make sense. Yeah. I think. I fell in love with Punxsutawney. I did. I'm like, I don't know if I want to live there. I might rent first. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, just a thought. Oh, and so you weird. can so tell this is Rita's first year. She's like, wow, there's a band yeah. and they're gonna be cooking and there's a party and wow and phil like it's her first day doing any news ever and phil's like he's seen it all before it's his fourth year and he didn't want to go the first year and he's just done but it's nice when you see a community event do you know what i mean everyone getting involved and things are happening and see I don't, see this reminds me a lot of being home because i come from a small town in canada yeah and we have the town next to me has an ice cream festival cool uh the cool. town i was my, my parents live in now have a, something called a split rail festival okay. and the one just down the road has uh, a step and square dance festival so each little community has their own little niche yeah. and becomes part of that identity now that starts to, it's dying away now with with the, yeah. the fact that everything's online and we don't have community feelings the way we did but that's kind of my experience tom i think you live in a much bigger area than that kind of thing but there are sort of places that still do this sort of thing isn't there uh yeah stratford does that they have like the stratford festival down yeah. over there um here we don't do it too much i'm in whitby and that's probably about 45 minutes east of uh, toronto yeah and uh we don't really do much of that here i think for these like i'm talking like two thousand people kind of strong in these yeah. villages i think it's important i think they do it with some sense of community otherwise it's like you know, we're 45 minutes from the nearest, you know, movie, movie cinema. Yeah. We're like 45 minutes away from the next chain restaurant. So we need to have something that makes us go, we're happy we live here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I like, I like the community things. Yeah. Uh, and then we need to, oh, before we do that though, how, how do we feel about Phil's treatment of Rita just in general, but especially at the start <sighs> when he's like, did you sleep okay without me? <laughs> like, if they had a rapport back and forth that. where, like, they're, there's, there's workplaces where people flirt back and forth and yeah. it's reciprocal. Yeah. That's kind of okay. Yep. She's clearly, like, he yeah, met I her, know, I know. he met her, like, yesterday. Oh, I know. When she, dick. When, when she was, like, the simple-minded person who couldn't figure out that her jumper was causing, like, the screen to glitch out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but now he's just, like, just pure sexual innuendo and she just has, has to, like, you know, slough it off because, you know, it's the 90s. Ugh workplace harassment for the win yep. yeah keep the town happy i guess you know be <laughs> I, yeah and so they rap on the door we see the ceremony and the guy holds up and says oh it's gonna be six more weeks of winter mm. that's bill murray's brother is it it is brian doyle murray he's in like all of bill's I saw movies his name in the credits <laughs> yeah he's in like all of bill's basically baby brothers helping him get work a bit like um richie cunningham's brother Oh, Ron, 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 Ron Howard's brother, who seems to be in, we did Apollo 13. He was yeah, in that. He, yeah. He's in a lot of things. That's a good he? point. Yeah. What's, what's his name? Clint? Clint Howard? I think it is. Clint, yeah. yeah. And then we punctu- Are they related to Kyla Murray, though? Because that's the only Murray I care about. No. 
No. Uh, but much like Kyler Murray, Ron Howard's work is kind of inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> and then we meet Punxsutawney Phil, also known as Scooter. He was actually trapped. Like, they went out into the wild, trapped him, used him for the film, and then released him. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. No. Because they couldn't get the real Punxsutawney Phil because Punxsutawney was mad they didn't choose Punxsutawney for the filming location for Punxsutawney. <laughs> uh, so they went, screw you. You can't have our groundhog. Oh, we no. can't stop you from using the town name, I suppose, but you're not going to have our groundhog. It's right. not like they, they wouldn't not- be able to find one anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem so. It's strange. Are they not like trained trained groundhogs? Or I guess they probably wouldn't be before this film, would they? I don't know, but he was Scooter for a few weeks, and then he was gone. <laughs> yeah. And so Phil- I love that they named him, despite made- him not being like a... Like, made his film <laughs> debut, like goes back to tell his friends. So Phil refuses to do a second take, and off they go, and they want to get out before the blizzard, but the blizzard shows up and he storm stayed. And he goes up to the cop, and the cop says to him, look, you can go back to Punxsutawney or you can freeze to death and sort of points towards the open road. And I'm like, that's not how closed roads work. No, it doesn't. It's not like you have the option. <laughs> you can go back to Punxsutawney or I'll arrest you. Like that, that, that's, that's your option. Yeah. You can't drive on a closed road. I once got stopped by a police officer for daring to drive on a closed road. I had, to, I had to feign ignorance. <laughs> oh, is it closed? I got on, thankfully, like the part where I'm from is full of back roads. Yeah. So it's totally believable. I could get on any back road and could have ended up on the highway and gone, I don't know if this is closed. Until I got to the, the, the town where I lived in, yeah. and you see the sign there blocking it off, I went, and he was just coming to take the sign down, at uh, which point, shouldn't have been taking it down, it was terrible out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm about, I don't know, I, brave clo- I, brave, I braved the winter roads to get home. What do you like, Tom? Are you like, I'll stay in a hotel, or are you like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive through this? Oh, no, I'm driving through it. Yeah. I remember I used to um, work with a lot of guys with like, these big $50,000 pickup trucks and when it'd be super storm state and we'd all do a convoy on the way home down the back roads because the main road's closed. And there'd be all these guys in pickups in the ditches on both sides because they're like, I got a pickup. Let's put it in four by four. Whereas <laughs> I had this, I was just scared to death in my little car, <laughs> but I was aware of it. I was scared to death. So I wouldn't drive too fast. I wouldn't yeah. stare too hard. Never put it in the ditch, knock on wood. Oh. But, you know, they were always just littered. <laughs> Such is. Uh, Phil's still cranky. He refuses to eat with the group, has a cold shower, and then we begin the loop. And Phil thinks it's yesterday's tape, looks outside, there's no snow, accosts the guy who comes up to him and says, do you think the groundhog will say stay or go? Um, And he's learned Ned's name, but he hasn't learned how to avoid the pothole. And God bless Ned, because he's the the, the intonation is always bang on. It is. It's so good. first step is a doozy. Yeah. I can't do it as well as he does. The hellfire thing that he says or whatever it is when he meets him at some point. I can't remember what he says, but one of the other things that he repeats like three or four times is spot on or every he, time. Or when he keeps being Or when he keeps reminding us of Chandler's last name from Friends. Yeah, Bing. Bing <laughs> Every time he gets like someone guesses right, he goes, Bing He goes, Remember me though? I tried to date your sister? At this point I'm going, I probably remember you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah. I think I might at that point. <laughs> um and so the, back to the idea that we don't know what causes the loop. And it's interesting because a lot of movies would go, we need to know what causes it. I kind of like they don't tell us. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Because do. if you don't, because if you know what causes it, then you know how to fix it. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of us is that we live with, with Phil going, I don't know how to fix this. No. And he goes about the ways he thinks he'll fix it. And we go, well, that's got to do it. And when it doesn't, we're just as surprised as he is. So I think it's a clever choice. Yeah, I think it leaves you guessing as well throughout it, doesn't it? Trying to figure out yourself what what 
what is causing it how does he fix it see i would love and then to- you get to feel good if you realize that it's because he was an awful person and now he's a good person yeah see i would love to watch this again for the first time and just sort of experience that and not know precisely what kind of is all going down yeah yeah same um so Ruben said that he felt, the writer, um, the lack of explanation made Phil's situation more relatable. Hey, that's just what I said. As we don't know why he got stuck there, um, but one particular change is the studio wanted a reason. And they went, okay, we'll give you a reason. And they purposely like waited so late to like put it to tell them what it was, that they couldn't have time to film it. And so they had to go with, the, oh, there's no reason. <laughs> Sorry, we do it, but we're, 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 out, we're out of time. Yeah, so, yeah. you know. Over budget. <laughs> you know, Bill's, Bill, Bill's got to go. Yeah. He's getting divorced, you know. <laughs> what was a- the reason? Did they ever give it? I don't have it, no. Did they just not actually think of one and they just pretended they there had were, There were several ideas, including a jilted lover placing a curse on a Phil. Like, how much worse is this film if it's that? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Or a mad scientist's invention malfunctioning. Like, these just turn it into, like, crap. Yeah, yeah, like, this one mm-hmm. thing changes a really nice movie and makes it almost unwatchable because the premise is so stupid yeah oh to be fair people think big's genius and big's about what some like zoltar machine zoltar machine arcade at the, at the, the arcade machine yeah. Yeah. It, it really is stupid it's but yeah that, that seems Murray to work like in it as well hasn't it what that tom hanks can't tell them apart guy <laughs> i, I yeah. like that film guy's brutal now i just want to reimagine all tom hanks's greatest work with bill murray in it <laughs> bill murray is forrest gump <laughs> Bill Murray is saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Bill Murray is Castaway. Castaway, yeah. Oh, he just get grumpy and like he he killed himself on day four. Terminal. Terminal machines. <laughs> um, and so back to the square. And I don't know. There's this polka song in the background. I really like it. Yeah, I do. It was the something polka. Bum, mm-hmm. bum. Oh, maybe just me. Did, did anybody else try to to take a look and make sure that it was the same people all the time that were in that scene? Oh. <gasps> That yes. would have been clever. <laughs> I'm, guess, I'm guessing it held up. It did. It did. I was I was like paying attention to that and seeing like, is this the same setup that they had and the people walking the same yeah. way? Are they wearing the same coats? And, and the people in the restaurant as well, are they eating the same stuff? Like I was proper watching for it. Some yeah. of the continuators that we catch in this and they were really sharp on this, but they would film everything like nine times. Yeah. Because they weren't sure what time of day they wanted it to be. So they would shoot on all sorts of, and they chose the bleakest ones because they went, well, that kind of fits the tone. But I don't know. Um, and so uh, he asks Rita to slap him in the face, and she gives it to him, like, legitimately. And that's because he asked her to slap him as hard as, hard as she could. Ooh. You got to make it look real. Got to make yeah. it look real. He's going through a divorce. He's probably like, I'm just going to use this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can take the pain. At least we don't have to have the great slap debate 2.0. Yes, we definitely <laughs> know that this was a slap. That's right. Um, and then he goes, he goes, well, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> again <laughs> and the pause because he's just the same thing on the first day but the pause here you get the the idea across here yeah and then he goes back to his room and he breaks a pencil at 4 a.m and leaves it there and sure enough it's gone by 6 a.m because we're starting the loop again and it's he's, not just gone it's fixed it's fixed it's, yeah. and that's also yeah. not where we left yeah, it yeah. yeah and so he freaks out he pushes ned but still forgets about the pothole and he refuses to do the report and just goes to eat food at the diner um, Good call. I don't know if you guys same. noticed, all the clocks in the diner have stopped. Yeah, half 11. Yeah. Uh, which oh, I didn't see that. It mirrors Phil's situation. It does, Ooh. it does. And he confesses the problem hey, he's in. He's living the same day over and over and over again. And Phil says, I can't escape the small town. 
To which point, if you want to hear more about not being able to escape small towns, check out our reports on WandaVision that we've been doing. Yeah. (laughs) WandaVision, WandaVision. I have not watched it yet. Oh. I'm waiting for it to finish. I'm waiting for it to finish. Oh, good luck avoiding spoilers. I thought I was doing well, and then I got this week, just killed, this weekend killed me. So you're going to wait until they're all released. Someone's been leaking stuff, yeah. (sighs) Well, you don't do much on Twitter, do you? No. No, so Uh, that's part of the thing, I think. yeah, my co-host is the Twitter yeah. account. Uh, I'll tell you what, because I go on Twitter to do, and it's just, it's just, it's just there. Yeah. So thankfully, after tonight, I'm caught up, so I'm all right. But cool. um, then Phil goes and gets his head examined. Okay. Sorry, yeah, go ahead, Ellie. Um, it really annoyed me in this this day, in the one where he snaps the pencil. He has a cold shower again. And he keeps doing this thing where he stands under the shower head and then turns it on. And he already knows there's no hot water. And he already screamed the first day. So why would he do it again? Well, he already knows there's a pothole. I guess Ned's distracting him, but... Yeah, that's a, that's a valid distraction. But this is like, you know, you're not really focusing on anything else when you've already got in the shower and stepped there. He's a glutton for punishment. The from, from, from a literal perspective, you're 100% right, Ellie. But what is it for us? It's a really easy one-second visual joke. You don't have to set up. Yeah. And she so just montage all these moments happening again. And we go, hey, he's still not learning. Ha, 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 mm. um, And so then Phil goes to get his head examined. And the psychologist he goes and sees is the director, Harold Ramis. Yes. The one who says you should go see a, a, a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist hears Phil's problems. and saying, I'm living the same day over and over again. Says, well, let me book you in for a session tomorrow. <laughs> 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 and then there's some drink driving humor. Oh. that's not aged well <laughs> no these three guys fumbling around the keys like phil's drunk I, phil's drunk I do he's love, the least drunk of the three but he's drunk i do love this scene though <laughs> what they take the car and go down the railroad tracks oh, i love it yeah uh, uh and my favorite bit is when he's he's um being that's like a bit of a car chase isn't it yeah and, and the police are chasing him and he's like yeah who cares you know i ain't even get done because tomorrow I'm back again to square one. Well, that was the thing. Like, what would you do if there were no consequences? This is the thing he hasn't thought about. There's no consequences for your actions. Now, yeah. there's no rewards for your actions either, but he hasn't figured this part out yet. Yeah. But there's no consequences, so what can you do? And this is a really fine line, because they went, we, they, they could have had Phil go down a really dark road. Yeah, they could. Well, yeah. It could have well, been he, like. He kind of did. It, it could have been like Westworld. You could, well, I mean, he could have started like like sh- like murdering and raping. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no consequences. Nah, true. Like the worst thing he does, he steals a bag of money from the two old guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the worst thing he does. Like the things that he could have done, he could have sexually harassed or, or, or all sorts of things. Like more so than he already was. But yeah. 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 But you've also got to like him as well, haven't you? And you have to figure out the timing that he, like the, the amount of time that he was actually in, trapped in this loop, because he figured out the exact timing of when the, the uh, guard for the money was oh. going to bend over. And like he had the timing down pat. He's like going 10, 9, the car goes by him, yeah. 7. So I do have the answer to the, the closest the closest estimate to how Ooh. long he spent. I say I looked into this because I was oh, like, "Oh, boo!" So if you play that game, I'll sit out. It's fine. Well, we'll be playing it, but you can sit it out. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and so uh, they drive down the railroad tracks towards a speeding train, and they're being followed by the cops. Let's remember this, okay? Yeah. At the last second, he peels off. Yeah. Those cops totally just ate the train. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally yep. ate the train. Absolutely. Yeah. So in a sense, he does kind of kill someone. <laughs> I guess they're chasing him. Maybe they got some agency in it, but jeez. I do like this next bit, though, <laughs> where they crash into the um, bins. Yeah. And he goes, I've got this, guys. I've got this. And the cop comes to the, 
the window. I'll have three cheeseburgers, two uh, large fries, two chocolate shakes, and then, mm-hmm. then one of the drug guys turn around and go, and some flapjack. Here's, here's my question for the group, though. How many times would it take you through this loop before you resorted to a life of crime? <laughs> I think it would be more than three before I started going, let's just start maybe, stealing things. Yeah, but maybe he had, but we're just jumping forward. Oh, I think I think the first three were, were pretty on the nose. Oh, yeah? I okay. think so. Okay. Like, but the time that, like, he's like, I'm going to take the car and drive onto the railroad tracks, not, like, when he's doing the bit yeah, with, like, yeah. the, the, the mini bank heist. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the fourth time, though, he loves this. It's like he's playing a video game level. He's failed a few times over. And so um, he kisses the old woman who's making coffee without her consent. <laughs> yeah. But because she smiles, we're, we're kind of okay with it. Like, it is fu- it's hard. Comedy's hard because it is funny. Yeah. It's a funny joke. And if you break it down to its bare bones, it's not funny. But you know what else wouldn't be funny then? Him assaulting Ned. But that's funny too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's a bit of a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, m- movies aren't real life. No. Um, He misses the pothole, but he does let someone else step in it. And we're like, oh, because he looks and you're like, he could have stopped him. I he, like that though. <laughs> would you? I wouldn't. I would want to see them walk in. Yeah, oh, you kidding me? Oh, come on, <laughs> Canadians. Are you, come on, you're killing. This is, you can do one of your misconception things about how Canadians are supposed to be nice. What are you doing here? <laughs> could you be like, you know, I did that last week. Now somebody else can. <laughs> After so many times of doing it yourself, you'd probably quite enjoy watching someone else. Yeah. Step you know into what? It for a change. I would have appreciated if he just deadpanned hey, that first step's a doozy. <laughs> if, he, yeah, if he'd still on the line that. if he'd still on the line i'd have been okay with it yeah yeah i was expecting that and then he's pigging out at the diner and here's a problem i have with parts of this film and it's a very small grievance but it's a grievance nonetheless have we all heard of the butterfly effect i'm assuming we have yeah it's like yeah. one small thing will change everything else so yeah. theoretically if he if 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 he stops ned for five more seconds then maybe they're not washing dishes or someone's not going to the diner who was there before. So the situation's never perfect enough that the, the plates always break at that time. Yeah. If Phil orders pancakes rather than French toast, it changes the order of things and by such that, yeah, that yeah. the same situation doesn't happen. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun for a movie, but I'm still just going like, what are the odds that nothing you're doing is changing anything that comes after it? Yeah, well, again, it's... it's- make believe in the movie isn't it yeah because because we need that repetition to get the laughs but still Um, and that's why they made sliding doors (laughs) sliding doors have you seen sliding doors no i just know the reference oh it's a great film Uh, (laughs) ellie well we're on the subject of the diner did you notice the other character that also appears in schitt's creek i don't think so who is it doris the waitress doris the waitress Really? She's David's boss at the blouse barn. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I knew I knew her from somewhere. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. That's right. Another Shit's Creek alum in this. She must be Canadian. Most of them are in that series. Oh, okay. If you ever seen Shit's Creek, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. Never seen it. It will. We do have it on the short list for the Cleared for Takeoff. So we, oh, we will be cool. doing the pilot on that at some point. Um, and so um, Bill Murray is stuffing his face with pastries. Yeah. He would have to do this take repeatedly. And he does one all in one, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he was offered a spit bucket and said, no, I don't need a spit bucket. <laughs> I'm eating that cake. <laughs> I'm having and my cake and eat it. Then he refused, and the angel food cake caused him to feel sick soon afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah. And then this is where Phil starts Wonder why. working on his dating technique, because he sees this woman, Nancy, and asks her for all the information so he can pick her up the next day. I do have a bit of a grievance about the cake-eating thing. Oh, I thought you said about the Nancy thing. <laughs> I mean, that too, but okay. the cake-eating thing. Yeah. 
like everything that he d- he does yep. he remembers and retains we yes. learn we know that because he starts to learn to lots of different skills later yes. on so why does the eating not do the same thing what do you mean why does he not retain the calories yeah for the same reason that when he blows himself up his body isn't like still in pieces so why can he then rem- still remember to play the piano why is it just because that's like, a mental it seems like he carries that is muscle memory though isn't it okay if you really want to dig deep into this yes you're right it is yes. muscle memory <laughs> <laughs> yes you are okay so to pick a different skill that's not you've based ru- around you've ruined things. it no, no it doesn't make sense oh. <laughs> i've never watched that film again oh i'm I can't. sorry i was totally buying this totally believable pretense until this point well no because there is a line there it's like so what is physical oh. and what is brain speaking of a line they, I, they merge it speaking of a line i think phil crosses it when he's when he's you know manipulating nancy so we can have sex absolutely oh absolutely um he's gonna sleep with her and he calls her rita and she thinks it's a one-night stand so he asks her to get married and then she he goes rita and she goes nancy he goes yeah whatever no. <laughs> like, and she still kisses him yep yep and then the next day we have a scene that we're talking about where he robs the armored car or however many days it is, but our next sort of day we get to see. And there must be a car dealership in Punxsutawney because there's no other way to explain how he gets that car. Yeah. He shows up in that, yeah. in that flash car. He does. And we know you can't get out of town because there's the blizzard. Yeah. So I don't know how on earth he justified this, but <laughs> they must have had someone as well as like a cowboy get up. Unless he nicked it. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is the idea. If you were stuck in one place, I mean, how long do you stop, start getting bored and start doing things like, I'm going to go for, 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 for a costume, even though it's not a costume party, I'm going to do one because yeah. I can. <laughs> I do like this bit, though. And then Phil gets interested in Rita. He asks who she's interested in. He thinks is the answer to all those questions. And then he rips off something. Well, he doesn't rip it off because he predates it by 25 years. Has anybody ever seen a short film called One Minute Time Machine? Yeah. No. The premise is about yeah. this guy who has a one minute time machine and he hits a button and lets him go back in the past one minute. Oh, okay. And he uses this to try and woo a girl. So it's like a video game where you get the questions wrong. So you flip back and go and try and to get the right, correct answer to unlock the objective. In this oh, case, it's is that the thing you showed me when he's sitting on the bench. Yeah. 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 I have seen that. So yeah. it is. So this is basically this. Yeah. This was just earlier, but he's learning all the answers. But Rita's got some weird things. Like she gets mad when he wants to toast, you know, to the groundhog. Yeah. He's like, I always drink too world peace i'm like what you must be a lot of fun at parties no you don't you must be a a lot of fun at parties isn't that miss miss world no right and then when he actually go ahead then when he actually corrects it and says oh i like to say a prayer and drink to world peace and he says amen to the bloody (laughs) cocktail glass it's like nobody does that and if they did they would think he was crazy why would she be into that have you noticed the bartender behind the bar uh was yeah. you know, every time anybody yes. even if it was um the guy from Shit's creek later on whatever oh, what's, what's the cameraman's name again it's chris elliott's the actor larry larry, larry. larry. but whenever anybody's larry. trying to pick anybody up behind the counter he just always laughs and goes back to like washing yeah, yeah. his cup i'm convinced they only took one shot of him and it's just they just kept going back to that <laughs> shot in between them um or is he actually on it yeah that's what i was just yeah, saying he's the one causing he... it yeah, yeah oh what yeah. if the he's bartender the is god Ooh. yeah and he's yeah, that's setting all this up because that's why he's laughing at everyone. I quite like. Ah. I, I quite like this idea. <laughs> yeah, the bartender is, is the cause. Is the causation of the, uh, is the of the groundhog gay? There we go. And so, um, 
she goes, how do you know so much about punk? Oh, because they go to another, uh, there's another day, he goes again, and he knows her the, the, the drink order, he knows her background, there's a toast, he goes, how do you know so much about punk Satani? He says, I've spent a lot of time here, which is nice for us, because we know he has, it mm-hmm. means something different. Um, she has a poetry degree, he starts reading poetry. Um, I think this is also a scene where he knows everybody's backstory in the diner. Yeah, and starts talking, including this one woman who's like, you know, hey, they're talking about getting married, and she's thinking she might not go through with it. Getting cold feet. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, and then they have uh, they have a snowball fight with with a bunch of kids as they're making the snowman. Yeah, and, the and he ki- goes a bit far, doesn't he? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Oh, really? I was going to say the yeah. kids were throwing really hard because Harold Ramis said, "Chuck him at him." <laughs> <laughs> so Murray responded in kind. <laughs> That's brilliant. He gets one kid, doesn't he? Oh, he <laughs> totally does. <laughs> and then they, as they dance in the bandstand, I'm going, "Is this ethical?" Because the movie wants me to think, to some degree, this is ethical. Yeah, that he's doing the right thing, that he's winning. But I'm like, he's just, he's just manipulating her. Yeah. But they got the romantic song and the, and the cinematography saying this is this is a good thing. Yeah. And they don't turn on it till he gets back to the room. And even then, they don't turn on it that much. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I know where you're going with this, yeah. And so he invites her up to her room. And, like, he's been catfishing her the whole time, right? Big time. And she wants to slow down. And she's like, no, no. He's like, okay. Okay, I've thought about it. Not okay. And I'm like, ooh, these, these lines aren't okay. No, but kids are here. It's I mean, not it's one day, isn't it? It's not. It's not Rocky bad. No, but, no, no, you know no, what no. I mean. It's, but. And things move pretty quick. If you think about her, yeah, things are moving pretty quick, like in a day. From the guy, she woke up thinking this guy was just just an arrogant bastard. Yeah, and now she's like, and now he's thinking, you know, I can, you know, go all the way from here to because he thinks Cause, having sex is the answer. Yeah, he thinks this is his way out. Yeah, this this finishes the loop for whatever reason. So. I don't know. And at this point, how many days has he been in this loop? Don't know. But he tells her, I love you, and she's weirded out. Now, to be, f- I think he does love her. Yeah. Because I think he's been doing this for like for, for years while, at while. this point. Yeah. But to her, it's been a, a day. day. Yeah. And then he's surprised she doesn't reciprocate. Yeah. I don't know. Then he must have learned that by doing so many days that everyone else isn't going to feel the same way as he he is but there we go he's got to be someone he's got to be someone numb to the idea other people i'm gonna say this really terribly other people exist Mm. yeah you would become incredibly individualistic wouldn't you yeah yeah i think what do you think tom it's got to be years that he was into this i mean yeah you know for him to say you know i love you and not get reciprocated back He's got to been like doing this over and over and over and over and over again. I I don't know. I don't know. He's like you said, he's probably numb to the fact that there is people that exist there. Yeah. And we see him then getting really like inhuman about it because he's, you know, he's trying to recreate the previous days and it's not going well. He's like rushing her through dinner and he's like overdoing like when he's like, I want to adopt kids and I foster kids. And he's like going way too far into the snowball fight. And that's when we get the montage of slapping. Uh, a nice side bit. There's a Jeopardy moment where he gets all five <laughs> questions right and all the senior citizens give him a round of applause. Yeah. That's because on Jeopardy, if you run a category, they give you a round of applause. Everybody stops and goes, oh, well done you. You're very smart. Uh, and then you go back into the next one. Uh, I just thought as the resident quiz master show contestant guy of, of the podcast, I will uh, go ahead and put that on there. And then I've got a scene called a uh, broken clock is right twice a day. And this is the scene where Phil picks up the alarm clock and slams it on the floor because uh it barely broke 
when he slammed it on the floor. So the yeah. shot we see where it's all smashed was yeah. like, like the crew went and took a hammer to it. But it really did still <laughs> it really did still play like it's pretended to in the thing. Like somehow the speaker wasn't damaged That's from it cool. all, That's which cool. was great. So Phil's finally had enough. He steals the groundhog, uh, and as he's there's that bit, and it's actually a real groundhog in the car with him. This is a good scene. I and like when he, this. And they're driving. And when he goes, don't drive angry, don't drive angry, he's ad-libbing because the, the, the groundhog is literally getting agitated and moving around. <laughs> and it bites him on the hand Doesn't through it? the glove he's wearing. Wow. And they did a second take of it later on, and they bit him at the same place on his knuckle, the exact same place both times. Ouch. So, yeah. So This is why I assumed it would have been like a trained groundhog and not, no, not just, just a wild just, one. <laughs> who could have seen this ending badly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but this is where you like, have, have groundhog trainers out there. No, yes, not. Well, they have trainers for so many other animals now, don't they? Well, that but groundhog guess- would so be CGI now. That would, wouldn't it? It would be oh, disgusting. Yeah. But that looked so good, didn't it? It, it made does. it made me smile. Yeah. <laughs> and and the fact that Murray doesn't break character, even no. though he's like, uh, we got to clear. He's probably as soon as they went cut, he probably just laid into everybody. But at least <laughs> yeah. he's on camera. And there's the bit where he sort of runs away from his brother and um, steals the truck and they go off and then eventually he drives it off the cliff at the quarry and it smashes and then Larry rooftop La- Larry the cameraman uh, yeah. goes well maybe he's okay he and doesn't then, seem bothered and then it explodes he doesn't like yeah but you wouldn't, he doesn't like him even if you don't like somebody you wouldn't yeah. go you would go ooh that's a bit bad isn't it? but not, I, not, not Larry let's have, the, like, <laughs> let's have the movie of his day recurring over and over again what does he do yeah but Larry doesn't know this no, I was. Oh, I want to see. Imagine there's like a version of it with Larry. Larry. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, yeah. Like somehow, unbeknownst to each other, they're both reliving the same day. <laughs> and so they're not affected by. <laughs> and he's like, I gotta go in there and make sure they know it's time to leave the cafe. That's what I'm not doing right. Make sure you go in there and say this. <laughs> um, and so then he goes into what I have the suicide sequence, and this is a hard thing to make funny, but it, it is. It is. Yeah. It is funny. Yeah. I think. And, and but you, but going through it chronologically, if you've been in there for so long, and you've done everything, learnt everything, did everything, you would be like, "I want to escape from this." Well, this par- is my last resort. Apparently, if you follow the, uh, the, the the this follows the five stages of grief. Oh, okay. so bargaining, yeah, 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 yeah. and depression until finally acceptance. And so this is the stage where he's like, just completely, you know, tries everything in to, despair, yeah, yeah, and just yeah. go, "I'm going to kill myself." Yeah. Um, what was your favorite? I like the the crow fall. Oh, the crow! Yeah, this is very much a crow fall. <laughs> the fall from the bathtub. Tommy, time. you're not along. Is that your favorite yeah. too? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm a fan of toaster in the bathtub. <laughs> this little lady just <laughs> oh, looks up and goes, yeah. and she goes, "Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like she knows. Drops. She totally knows <laughs> she what's does. happened. She does." <laughs> uh, Ellie, I never thought I'd save us in this podcast, but favorite suicide. <laughs> didn't appreciate this montage okay <laughs> so i'm not going to give an answer a, a, a little too dark all right but he determines yeah. now he's a god uh he knows oh this is where he knows everybody in, in in the restaurant apologies and she decides that they should spend the rest of a day together and sort of by coming clean and being honest it seems to work it, better than all he's put so much work into some of these sort yeah. of things um and so he teaches her how to throw cards in a hat you said you know how to do this i can do this yeah i can't yeah, I spent about three hours one day just just trying to do it, and I and I do it. Well, you should have taught him because it took six months, five to six hours a day, or something like that. So it took him. <laughs> took me three hours. How bored? I mean, granted, I know it was a time before Wi Fi. I get yeah. that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But how bored do you have to be? Wow, there I must le- be nothing to do. I learned to juggle in in one day. Yeah, do you know what I mean? 
So yeah. I guess so, yeah. And she goes, maybe it's not a curse. Maybe it depends on how you're looking at it. And the clock turns midnight. And she's like, you're still here. <laughs> to be fair, though, when I first watched this, I laughed because when I first watched it, I went, I thought the same thing. Now, I thought midnight. Now, he, that's she, programmed in us to think that. He, they, they stay up reading, and she's ready to fall asleep. And he goes, it's okay, you can sleep. I promise I won't touch you. Much. Yeah. <sighs> now, this can go two ways. This can go two ways. You can be in a relationship where you've been flirting a little bit, and it's like, you know, tee-hee-hee, tee-hee-hee. It doesn't feel like they're there yet. No. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's only day one for her. Yeah, day one. Yep. Tom's uh, Yeah. I don't know. So... Um, the idea of Phil reading to Rita while she sleeps came from Bill Murray himself because his wife drank too much champagne on their wedding night and he fell and she fell asleep early. So Murray read to her aloud until he too fell asleep. Which, if you consider, he's going through a divorce. That's a heck of a bit of your personal story to put in the movie. It is really, yeah. Yeah. And there's a great maybe fake he felt out. It explained a lot about the divorce. Yeah, maybe. And there's a great fake out when it happens in the morning and you get a slow pan over. And I think even still, I was like, oh, this is it. Yeah, he's fixed it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and that's not enough because he's still done. It's still him trying to get that. It's trying rather than being natural. It's yeah. It's trying to. If I win her, I it. win, yeah. and it's like that wasn't the point. Yeah, you don't force it. Yeah. So then he goes and starts piano lessons, and my favorite joke of the film. He goes there. She says, "Maybe come back tomorrow." He says, "I have a thousand dollars," and you see her let him let him in, and then you see this little girl be pushed, pushed out the door. <laughs> just stand there and it's just enough time we're like why are you still hanging the shot on the door i don't understand and then you see the little girl and they let it sit there just long enough so you feel her awkwardness oh, that's so good um and then uh he goes through and he's getting better at the piano as we go through a little bit of thing but when he's actually fumblingly playing sergey rachmaninoff's rhapsody on a theme by the genie, that's actually bill murray playing wow he cannot good. read music but he learned this much by ear to get through that scene that is incredible. Maybe he had four to five hours a day to practice. I don't know. Yeah, but no credit to him because it's, yeah. it's just a little bit. Obviously, at the end, it's not. That's not. No, it. no, 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 no. <laughs> and then we have a sequence called "Some Battles Can't Be Won" because he finally realizes the old guy's there, and he tries to feed him soap. Uh, soap, soup. And no matter what he does, he can't save this old guy. It's just his time. And as the nurse says, some people just die. <sighs> that's heartbreaking. That bit, though. I don't know if you noticed, when he's there the first time in the hospital, you see the kid who falls out of the tree getting a, bro- getting a cast put on his leg. Oh, so that later oh, on... Okay. I didn't see that, no. So that later on, when he saves him, you're like, ah, that's why he's who he saved. But oh, they, they don't okay. draw a lot of, If I hadn't done the research, I wouldn't have oh, noticed okay. But then when he says, maybe I won't come back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let him fall. If you stop him from breaking his leg, he doesn't say thank you. He can, he can spend six weeks in a cast. That's fine. I got an old man to save, and so this time he starts like trying to help everybody, and he 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 jacks the the, the car of his old lady. He's gonna fly. Like how much wrong can go in one town in one day? Um, his brother starts choking. So like, why have we not heard about this like this guy who's like the most important guy in the town dying up until this point? Yeah, and then also like lighting a cigarette for someone that would not be a win today. No, it wouldn't no no. no. Especially Maybe. indoors. Indoors, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. well done. I'm trying to remember. I remember when there was smoking or non-smoking, and I was like, like I would wait. If they said we have a spot in smoking but nothing in non, I'm like, I'll wait. Do you know the weirdest thing, though, right? Because we've not had non-smoking in places for quite a while now. Yeah. When um, I had an extra part in a movie uh, a year and a bit ago, we were doing it in the cinema, and they actually were smoking real cigarettes because that was set in the early 80s. Yeah. That was weird. Because I can remember smoking the cinemas. 
and yet to have that feeling come back, yeah. that was that was horrible. I'm thank God that we got we banned smoking. I'm just so sensitive to it now. Oh, when I think about when I started working when I was at 18, like everybody smoked, and there was like a smoking part of the room, and a non- but basically it meant smoking guys sit over there, yeah. non-smoking guys sit over there. There was no divider or no. wall, so it was still waft over. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. a little less concentrated. To think about how far we've come from that perspective, I'm very. I mean, I can smell when the guy. If there's a guy next to me in the, in the lane next to me smoking in his car with his door shut, I can still get a waft of it somehow. Yeah. Even when you even when you used to go to nightclubs, you, you, I'd come back with a sore throat. Yeah. Through the smoke. Yeah, it'd be a nightmare. Yeah. But, yeah. George, I mean, I'm sure it was terrible for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, so you say this. I actually remember being in my nan and granddad's living room and granddad saying they've just banned smoking in pubs. Really? That I can wow. remember. Yeah, I remember that conversation. Well, there was... Um, a- Sorry, go ahead. No one I know still sm- was smoking at that point, but um, Nana had what used to be a smoker, so they were just having the conversation about it. But yeah, so yeah, no. There was a th- never really affected me, though. <laughs> there was a theory that people were actually saying this will be the death of pubs. This will be the death of bars. They did, yeah, I remember. Like, this yeah, will be the was, end of it. People will, yeah. people will not accept not being able to drink while they smoke while they drink. Yeah. I got news for you. People like to drink. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I always find it really interesting if you go abroad somewhere where they haven't banned smoking indoors or not in all places and um, just the completely different environment. And like you kind of wake up the next morning stinking of smoke and it's like, oh, I'm not used to this. This is horrible. I don't know what to do. Um, and Take then three showers. And then oh. we go to the Groundhog Party, and Larry, the camera guy, is getting really creepy with Nancy from earlier. He is. Uh, He's not getting any of her cues. No. 2007, that was. So that's when I remember it from, that conversation. No, not, not Groundhog Day, but the... Uh, not the Groundhog <laughs> Day, the, uh, the smoking pub thing. And Phil's playing jazz piano on the stage. And I got a thing here. I mean, isn't the biggest testament to Phil the legitimacy of Phil's heart being, I don't know how many years, well, I do know, but with how many years he's he's been there, he doesn't tire of Rita. Um, yeah. He's still 100% yeah. all in. This is the woman who I love. He ain't got much of a pick. Though, I think that's why, <laughs> that's why we forgive him in the end is because it's so for so long, he then turns actually in love with her and not just lusting after her, which is, I think, what the transition is, isn't it? Indeed. That's, like, that's, like any, that's like any marriage, though, isn't it? When you get with somebody to start with, it's all lust, isn't it? And then you marry At somebody. marriage? No. And then you... <laughs> And then you marry them, and oh, then, okay. then you, and then everything becomes naturally just love rather than lust, doesn't it? It's very, uh, so with I him, thought you were going to go somewhere a bit more bitter with that. No, it's good. No, <laughs> you're so cynical of me. <laughs> but no, that's what he's gone. He's gone through that journey day after day after day after day, where he's yeah. had the lust, and now he's going through the comfortable. Well, he has that confession when she falls asleep, and he says when he reads to her and says, "You are the sweetest, prettiest, kindest person that I've yeah. ever met." And she goes, "Did you say something?" He goes, "No." it's okay so you know we get the idea that his heart is is turned and i guess as a result she's making him a better person by 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 comparison yeah Uh, and then it gives the young couple speaking of getting married uh not only does it mean that lust turns to love it means you also get wrestlemania tickets (laughs) yeah you do and as the resident wrestling fan or the diehard wrestling fan of the podcast i will say there's never been a wrestlemania in pittsburgh <laughs> so I call BS on that. We're going to go Pittsburgh anyway. And there wasn't one in Philly till 99. So I don't know where his WrestleMania was, but it wasn't here. 
Well, what? Royal what? Rumble they didn't tonight, say, it's Royal they Rumble didn't say it was uh, WWE WrestleMania. There's they only just, one WrestleMania. No, WrestleMania yeah. is, is a trademark thing. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be like, you know, Jim's Backyard Wrestling presents <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> Pod Jerky presents WrestleMania. That's actually what the tickets were for. Coming to a cease and desist near you. That's brilliant. Um, he's auctioned off for $339.20 or some big number like that. I was just estimating. I didn't feel like going back, but it was a lot of money. But $334.90. 88 cents or something like that. Something sure. Cents. And then uh, Larry, Oklahoma the, tribute. Larry, the camera guy goes up and he goes for two bits, <laughs> which Ellie and I were in a production of uh, Oklahoma. And I kept having to say, and two bits. Two so, bits. That was all right. Two bits is 25 cents. Nice. Um, and so we find out that Phil's bought all the insurance off of Ned, which is not one last. And this, yeah. Do you think he's yes. really, do you think he's kicking himself? But this is the day that he wakes up <laughs> <laughs> right after he's bought all this insurance. He doesn't need. That's funny, but you can see that he's he's trying to do right. This is the last guy he would have been willing to help, and yeah. now he has. He has, yeah. Maybe that's maybe it really was Ned. Maybe Ned's yeah. gone. <gasps> wow. Oh my god, my mind just blown. First steps a doozy. <laughs> Mushroom cloud in my head. Um, and he says to to Rita, no matter what happens tomorrow, the rest of my life, I'm happy now because I love you. And they wake up, and it's I got you, babe. And you're like, but like, all of a sudden you hear, it's oh, the, the banter is a bit different. Yeah, and you see her arm come from out of the shot to turn it off. Brilliant. It was very love good. that. Yeah. Um, and so this was a majorly talked about seeing because i don't know if you noticed their clothes are still on no the same no it's the same clothes they wore the day before oh okay yeah. I, d- I didn't notice no. her her top slightly unbuttoned at the top yeah so i don't know exactly uh, what, what occurred or whatever like that and his shirt oh, she seems does to be reference it as well open a bit she yeah, says there something is. along the lines of oh well, you didn't why last weren't night. you like this last yeah. night you just fell asleep she says i have actually i missed it i said why why weren't you like this last night and he said he had a long day well, it's been a long day. Uh, Murray was <laughs> hesitant about shooting the final scene where Phil originally awakened next to Rita and it looked like they had had sex. And he thought he didn't want that to be the message, that sex was the win. Yeah, yeah. Sex with Rita closes the loop. It's not about sex with Rita. It's about becoming a better person. That's, yeah, and Murray yeah, yeah. really liked that side of it. He wanted it to be about that sort of um, sort of spiritual journey about yeah. self improvement, and he thought if it, do, it, it then lends it turns more in, to the story, then it just turns into a, and it is a rom com, but it turns into a generic rom com. Yeah. It's just him needing. Then it's like the wacky, I put a curse on you, ha <laughs> ha, yeah. sort of thing. And so they actually pulled the crew, and it came down to a tie, and then it came down to one young female crew member served as the tiebreaker and said they should be wearing the same clothes because anything else would ruin the movie. And I think she absolutely, unlike Phil, yeah. she absolutely nailed it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, they go outside. Um, and when he says, let's live here and they kiss and he goes, well, we'll rent first. <laughs> That's an ad lib. Oh, was it? Yeah. No, I, li- I like, I like wa- that. I was watching for her. She's so good at just reacting to yeah. it. Yeah. And just running with it. And the last shot, he carries her over the fence and then he climbs over it himself. Yeah. That was because the gate was frozen shut. <laughs> and they couldn't get out the regular way. Brilliant. So that was not the original ending to Groundhog Day. Ooh. The original ending, I'm curious people's thoughts on this. Phil breaks his loop and confesses his love to Rita. But then the audience switches perspective from Rita and she rejects Phil's advance because she's not ready for love. And then Rita ends the movie beginning a loop of her own. 
Ooh, I don't like that at all. Well, no, because it would be frustrating. I was like, yeah. come on, I just, I just sat through all this thing. Yeah, what are you yeah. doing to me? So I'm glad they didn't go that side. Were they side. trying to set it up for a two? Like, that, would, that would be like if you were watching like Groundhog Day Black Mirror. Yeah. Ooh. And you just switch. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it was all meaningless. It was pointless. What was, what was the deal? No. Um, Murray hated the finished version of Groundhog Day. Oh, really? In a 93 interview, he said he wanted to focus on the comedy and the underlying theme of people repeating their lives out of fear of change, but instead it got tweaked into a romantic comedy, and it marked the end of Ramis and Murray's nearly 20-year-old partnership. After filming concluded, he stopped speaking to Ramis, didn't contact him, and wouldn't speak about him in interviews. Ramis openly said that he, um, but what Murray said, I really want an idea where we can come back together and um, be friends. Uh, some close acquaintances kind of c- concluded that what we said earlier, but it feels like Ramis is the only, he gets miss. Ramis is getting too much credit for his own success. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, whereas Ramis was always very congenial and said Murray is, is, is funny and his improvisational skills can save even the most lackluster of scripts. And except for a few brief exchanges at public events, they did not speak for nearly two decades until Ramus got sick. Yeah, until he's done. And then they buried the hatchet. Yeah, they did. And now it says that Murray and his brother speak fondly of Ramus. And while that's like a bittersweet thing. Yeah. It's a lot of time lost. That's a lot of time and life's too short. Yeah. For, I don't, uh, I'm glad they made amends. You'd think they'd have, they'd have learned from this film. Like, yeah, yeah. That's not really. <laughs> you kind of missed the point, boys. <laughs> yeah, you know that film you made about like not wasting time and living. Yeah, nah, yeah. never mind. But that is um, that is our main sort of part of that. Georgia, I'm curious about you. What did you think about this? It was your first time watching it. It was, and I think I need to ironically watch it again um, <laughs> because I was too intrigued about the inner workings of the film i think to appreciate it enough for what it is i don't think this is like you know uh christopher nolan <laughs> you gotta watch no. tenet a second time to get it no 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 and I, I get it but i don't think i appreciated it no. for as as enough as much as it should be appreciated possibly does question for the group does bill murray make you laugh out loud no, no. It's just, it takes a lot to get me to laugh out loud, but Bill yeah. Murray doesn't do it. No. That's more of a... It's kind of a, huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like a, like a wry smile. Like, yeah. I love to punch Ned in the face. <laughs> but it's just kind of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and it's not, I don't know if it's supposed to be like a ha-ha-ha movie, but it definitely isn't a ha-ha-ha movie. No. I don't know. Uh, Tom, thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. And I know it's on every Groundhog Day here. It's always on. Oh, really? And oh. Uh, my wife doesn't really like it. She's not a fan of the movie. Um, but I, when I went back and I watched this, I was like, I forgot how good this movie is. Um, I hadn't seen it in so long. That it was just something that, you know, you go back and you watch and you're like, this was excellent. And then it got you thinking. And I was like, are we living Groundhog Day right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, like, like this it. is just going over and over and over again the same day. It's like you get up, you go to work, you come home. Or, you know, you're, you're at home all day and you're just working from home. It just, it just felt that way. And, but the, the movie overall, I, I thought it was fantastic. There's a lot of movies from the 80s and the 90s that I go back and watch. And a lot of them, I think, were roast-tinted glasses. I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles for the first time in forever and was kind of going, I remember this being better. And that's, 
that's a bit difficult. This though, I yeah. sit back and I watch and I go, pretty much what I thought it was. I think it holds up. Yeah, I think it holds up. But I think, like I said, it is t- it is timeless, and as a result, I think it you, you can slide it in. I think it's a simple concept. Yeah, I can wrap your head around it really, really quickly, and you can go. This is where a lot of the humor comes from. What if you could do all the things you'd like to do? Exactly. And then what do you do once you've done all the things you would like to do? Yeah. Then then where do you find purpose and meaning? Because you're on the whole, I can do whatever I want. Okay, but that gets old. Yeah. Okay, but I'm trying to end it. Well, you can't. So then what do you do with your life? How do you choose it? Nothing matters, but at least he, Phil decides to make other people's day. Even though it's just a day, it's temporary, I'm going to make their day as good as possible. And that's what he eventually gets rewarded for yeah. by escaping the loop, by being in love. I don't know what, what the reward is. I hope it's. I hope she's not a trophy that he wins. That's my only concern is that no, she's a trophy that he wins. No, because no. Or else me and Ned God or bartender God have to have some words <laughs> about his master plan here. Yeah. But yeah. He'll have to go see what if the bartender is Ned? <laughs> and he's just like shifting the different characters throughout the film. <laughs> oh, I'm liking this more. Because <laughs> he, he never does re- remember Ned from high school. No, he doesn't. He can be playing the same trick on, on, on Phil that Phil plays on Nancy. True. Just a thought. Just a thought. Very true. Um, let's hit this button here and see what it says. We're in the end game now. We are in the end game now. It's that usual sort of stuff. We kind of wrap things up. Um, I couldn't find a budget that was reliable. Basically, comes down to it was either fifteen million or thirty million for the budget. Okay, either way, that's, that's pretty- a big discrepancy. It's like oh, actually, it was fourteen point six to thirty million. That's over a hundred percent variation. Yeah. But if we throw that out there, how much money do you think this makes? Ooh, I'm going to say 87. 87? Yeah. All right. Uh, Georgia? I'm always low, so I'm going to go 160. Wow. In 1992, that's like Star Wars money. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, 120. Oh, okay. That's that's still Star Wars money. <laughs> uh, Tom? Uh, I'm going to go in the 70s. Okay. And Ellie? I was going to say 120 as well, but now you've said that about Star Wars money, I'll go for 100. Okay. Uh, Tom's, well, he gave himself a nice big barrier of the 70s, but he's right. $71 million. Uh, so it does well. Well done. It does yeah. well. And I think it's time. I think it is timeless. I think it's one of those films that comes around. Every- and that's going to keep making its money as time goes on. Uh, I mean, I don't know what streaming rights go for, which I guess is the new barrier. I mean, yeah. but I mean, it still sells DVDs. It's still people buy physical media. They still have it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, whose story is it? Pretty obvious, I think, whose story this is. It's Larry's, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> Damn it. You stole my line. Phil needs to teach him how to be a better person. He do. Because even when, they, like, well, there's this scene we didn't talk about, when they like, identify him at the morgue, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, kinda, he's like, oh, yeah, he was a good guy. Yeah, I, re- he, I really liked him. Like, she's torn up. He's just like, yeah. Oh, no, exactly. That's not wrong. Nah. Um, and so, um, how long was he trapped for? Well, I thought when I first watched it, it must be over like a period of 10 years, I thought. Okay. Um, But obviously I'm wrong and I'm way wrong. That's the spirit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Tom? I want to say about 50 years. 50 years? Ellie? I've never thought it was that long. Like, I don't know, three years? Well, let's consider it. He becomes a master at the piano. Yeah. An ice sculptor. He becomes a master at sculpting ice. He learns French poetry. Yeah. He, like, even some of the things where, like, he knows how to cross the road in that level learns of precise detail. Or, yeah. Learns how to, he calls himself, they call him Dr. Connors. He asks to see the chart. Yeah. So he must have given him some sort of education on medical school as well. Yeah. So the most. And they all begin to know him yeah. through the film, don't they? 
Well, but they only know him for that, for that day. Yeah, but they still call him and go... Well, because he, he went by and saved someone. Oh, okay. They fixed that guy's back, right? Oh, okay. So um, the, the, mo- the most sort of accurate estimate people seem to think comes in at 34 years. 34. 34 years stuck in that place. So props... I mean, when I said, like, he still loves her after all this time, that's yeah. 34 years. Yeah, wow. What percentage of marriages make it to 34 years? And he, he hasn't even aged a day. Hasn't aged a day. <laughs> She's still as pretty as the day he first laid eyes oh, on know, her. right? Yeah. He only got 34 more years of that. There we go. And Twitch point, I mean... Sweet talker. Is there a chance... Here's a question I came up with. Like, so we've got this movie up till this point. Like, is Phil going to be completely ruined for how to deal with people outside of Punxsutawney? Is that why he wants to move there? Probably. Because <laughs> he doesn't he, know anyone how, else. How does he do genuine first-time interactions with anybody after this film? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Just a thought. Like, everything that he knows and how he's a good person is based off the idea that he has another chance to figure out what's going to... He's, he's not only is he... He's not omnipotent, but he's omniscient. He knows everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does he do when, he, when, when, when sort of the cloud of uncertainty drops again? Yeah, and he doesn't... Yeah. And he doesn't know this stuff. I'm not saying he reverts back to type, far from it, but I'm saying he's complete... Like, when he has to go back to the real world and actually has, like, a fight with, with whatever Andy McDowell's character's name is again, Rita. Like, he's not prepared for how to deal with these things. No. He's always just had to start again tomorrow and, 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 and go from scratch after that much time you'd think he'd pretty quickly into like the next day accidentally do something that would kill him because usually it wouldn't make a difference (laughs) (laughs) he's become so lackadaisical um so people let's do a role of women in this film let's do the normal things role of women um i quite like annie mcdowell's role in this i think she she's quite she knows what she wants she stand firm when she has to um I think Royal Women is good with her. He treats her poorly. He treats her poorly, but she stands. She don't. She don't take it. Oh, she does. No, 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 no. She stands up to us. No, she she does. Well, she she well, takes she, it. She takes it. When he goes, how'd you sleep yeah. without me there? She doesn't go. That's unprofessional. Don't talk to me like that. She goes. Oh, I slept just fine. And kind of rolls her eyes and it just puts up with it. That's not the same as standing up for yourself. But I think we're looking at it in 2021 eyes rather than 1990. Yeah, we are, and that's, that's okay. We are, and, 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 yeah, that, that, that is okay. But the, I'm, I'm not saying, like, should that a joke have made it in the movie, because it, that was a part of its time. No. But what's the role no, of women? It's, but, not, it's not great. She, she, she puts up with all this crap. So are you saying maybe back then role of women would have been better than what it is now then through different eyes? I'm saying if you put her through a 92 lens, yeah, she comes off a lot better in 92 than she comes off in 2021. Yeah. Sure. But that's because women were a lot worse off in 92 because yeah. the entire role of women in the 90s was horrendous in real life and in films. But so we're, now- I think she, I think she, there's moments when she stands. No. no yeah, she, no. Does. she does. If you, if you put this film and it's 2021 and he does that to her, A, he's getting fired for sexual harassment, full stop. Yep. Whereas today, I'm not today saying, it's I'm not saying like completely. A- I'm saying that she does. She doesn't just roll over and die in front of him. You know, she does fight him off and say no, no, no. Uh, okay. So that's why he has okay. to keep going back, and, the back argument, and back and back and back and back. The fact that stuff. it's not just like she doesn't just roll over is not good. That's that's, that's not enough. Yeah, well, I- and the fact that it takes place over one day in her eyes means that actually she's giving into this seduction like, or whatever you want to call it very quickly it is her first day on the job with this new member yeah. of a talent and this is how he's treating her on day one at different times <laughs> on the plus side yes but that doesn't mean it's good job. i'm not saying it's good <laughs> i'm saying she fought back <laughs> okay I, she in closing she didn't 
She doesn't fight back. She just not all make, the time, but she does. Otherwise, he wouldn't have to keep going back. The only time, time again. the only time she fights back legitimately is when she's in the hotel room and she's because he might. They're in the hotel room. She says, "No, no, I want to stop." He keeps kind of coming more. No, no. I know the storyline reason for why he's trying to do this, but she still keeps saying no, 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 and he keeps pushing for more, more, more. Okay. Okay. Give my notes definition. He gets a bit rapey. There we go. <laughs> Um, favorite character? Best uh, character, favorite character? Andy McDowell. Yeah, Rita? Yeah, Rita. Okay. Georgia? Uh, Phil the Groundhog. <laughs> Phil the Groundhog. He's I'm Tony Phil. <laughs> yeah. Tom? We got to the non-speaking characters. Absolutely. Between Bill, uh, Murray, and Ned. Oh, Ned. Yeah, Ned, Ned is great in that role. Yeah. Uh, Ellie? I really like the smaller characters in this, so I'm going to give my vote to Mrs. Lancaster, the B&B lady. Okay, the woman who's like, do you want a cup of coffee and hang the weather and all that stuff? I tries to ask about the weather and doesn't realize she's going to get a massive spiel. And yeah, yeah. I think she's cute. I'm going to go with Phil. It's his movie. Um, there's things I don't like about him, but I'm not supposed to like him about him. It's a story of redemption. I'm a sucker for a story of redemption. I believe he legitimately is redeemed at the end. Yeah, I agree. Um, did you read the spiritual answer to how long is he in like purgatory in groundhog day for uh the the buddhist kind of thing was it yeah the buddhist ten thousand years because that's how long it takes to reform a soul and apparently yeah. ramus was buddhist which is yeah why and that's that why he's an answer sometimes yeah and, and murray was into that sort of thing but as far as like just from a what we see and what we can actually attribute time to the best thing was, yeah, was, yeah. was, was, was was 34 years if it's ten thousand years my god um <laughs> So, yeah. best moment of the film? Favorite scene? Favorite scene? My favorite scene is the car chase. Okay. Yeah, the three cheeseburgers, two yeah. large fries, and and the chocolate shakes. Because that just that is just such a funny joke for me. Because they're all standing there around him with guns and stuff. And rather than take it like he's freaking out, he yeah. just plays it cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's such a good joke. Uh, let's. Ellie's webcam seems to be working, so I'll throw it to Ellie first. <laughs> Um, I'm going to give it to the scene that made me laugh out loud, which was the bit in the psychiatrist's office um, with a really naive psychiatrist who suggests that he come back tomorrow to see him after he's told him all his problems. Okay. Uh, Georgia? Uh, I liked the walkthrough scene where he's telling Rita about everyone and what their names are, who they are, what they're doing, and just kind of walks through and they all just go, yeah, like, and carry on. I like that bit. In the diner. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tom. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes, and and maybe the bank heist scene as well, like the uh, armored truck <laughs> yeah. scene, just because it, it was it was fun just watching him like ten, nine, eight, and then you just knew where to go. It was it was cool. I like the scene where he's doing like the last scene where he's like the, the party and everything comes together and it's like all the positivity. But I will instead cheat and call it honorable mention and say that anything involving the town square where they were doing the ceremony. Okay. I thought that was a really important sort of yeah. um, scene in general, that, that sort of spirit. So, And the, how intricate it had to be each time, I will say, as, a, as, as, a, as an act of filmmaking, it's, it's well done. Cool. Um, so uh, let's talk about grumbles, pe- things people, issues people have with the film, and issues people have with the film. Liam, you want to start? Mm, touching on it earlier, um, I don't like the way he is with her at times. Um, so yeah, I, I don't like that too much. But again, it's different eyes, different times. So yeah. Okay, um, Ellie. I think that a lot of the time he's really creepy and inappropriate, 
um, not so much in terms of his general character, but the way that he treats her when he knows that it's it's going to end. Um, so the way he acts in the hotel room and then also just little things, like even when he's trying to be romantic. So he carves that ice, ice sculpture at the end and he's like, I know your face so well, I could have done it with my eyes closed. And if someone said that to you after you'd basically <sighs> known them for a day in real life, you would run away? That's yeah. not cool. That's stalkerish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if sincerity is Bill Murray's strong suit. No. <laughs> no. I think that sort of damaged realism is good, and his, his grouchy sense is also good, but I think the whole, like, I'm, I'm the love-struck sweetheart, I don't think that's him. There's a reason why in Scrooge, he does that for, like, two minutes, and that's it. <laughs> even, in, even in Ghostbusters, he's like that with Sigourney Weaver as well, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's, I he's, he's, he's very much dismissive with her there. Uh, Tom? Uh, I know I know it's semi important to the movie, but I I think the suicide scenes uh, was okay, a little yeah. hard for me. It was uh, you know something yeah. that hit home with a uh, family member as well. So it was it was tough, but you know I know it's important to the movie. Yeah, pleasure. Um, Georgia, uh, probably the treatment of all women throughout. So not just Rita's character, but the the. Uh, B&B lady how he kind of is really dismissive to her and really quite rude to her and then just kisses her for no reason and yeah. then all sorts of different bits and pieces like that uh, the girl who's having cold feet about the wedding apparently he gets them back together but obviously how much does he actually know about that is there a reason she's having cold feet it's just there's just little bits and pieces that don't sit quite right and the fact that he learns a girl's name and where she came from to pretend that they went to high school together to have yeah. sex with her on one day it's all just a bit like oh that's not quite Ooh, yep. it's not not quite nice <laughs> yeah, nancy is the girl's name if you were paying attention cared about her name it was nancy <laughs> nancy. So, nancy uh there is the bit where he kept walking around like like saying like doesn't like white chocolate and you're like oh that's a bit that's a bit yeah, rough yeah, yeah. that's a bit rough um for me i'm gonna go bill murray said it himself um good fill or bad fill because that's what that's what you got it was just yeah. these two very different fills. And if there was anything in the middle, it was just either he was good fill or he was bad fill. And so I think that sort of uh, made my head play a little bit of ping pong with, with where he was at various points in the movie. But it's, it's a grand scheme of things. I think it's a really well done film. Um, so uh, I, is this anybody's best role ever? It's my favorite Bill, Bill, Bill Murray film ever. Yeah, I'd say that. I think he's better in this than he's in Scrooged. Yeah. And this is his movie, unlike Ghostbusters. Yes, an ensemble. Yeah, Ghostbusters, he hits all the great scenes and the great jokes, but I think he's better in this. Yeah. That's my thought. Um, any thoughts from outside? Tom, you've seen a few. Bill Murray? Uh, no, I think this one is Bill Murray's best movie. Okay. Uh, ladies, have you seen anything else besides this? Uh, granted, you think he's in Forrest Gump, so. He's Scrooged. <laughs> Oh, he's in Scrooge? He's better. He's better in this, isn't he? <laughs> I know he's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Andy McDowell, it's my. It's not the best film she's been in. It's the best thing she's done for me, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where I said. She's been in better movies, but she's not been as good in those movies as she is here. Yeah, because I liked her in St. Elmo's Fire. That's where I first saw her. Oh, I, mean, I think I've seen St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like it. If you like okay. Breakfast Club, you'll like that. Because, I mean, what else has she done? She's done... Four Weddings and a Funeral. Four Weddings and a Funeral. But she went terrible, right? No. Well, I um, actually disagree. She went terrible. I disagree. No, she wasn't <laughs> terrible. She wasn't great either. I think Hugh Grant got a back brace for that film because he carried her through that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But again, they were just looking for an American star quality of something to change over. Maybe. Uh, yeah, that was the one she did for like no money. Yeah. But she was the big star. Because they wanted it to transfer over, yeah. British humor to it's, transfer it's, over. It's the working title formula, which yeah, we've yeah. talked about before, I think, with Notting yeah. Hill or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's really all we can talk about. Everybody else is kind of like, like, like a, a, a B-list kind of actor or actress, aren't they? It's not the best role Howard Ramis has been in. He, that's a cameo <laughs> he's better isn't that him and knocked up as well maybe i don't know but no and it's I mean, chris elliott i mean he's better he's been he's been better in other things he was better in mary wasn't he yes yeah, 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 yeah. so um i guess ellie are, are you ready do you have a list or oh, is this we able to do this with your internet we'll see if it works yeah so And big thanks to Midnight Social for I'm letting assuming us that's use the age the game. Yeah, that is the age you. game. I was setting you up for, are you ready for, I, I thought that would be, uh, maybe we'll keep it short because your internet's been a bit laggy, so we can hit the, uh, I don't know how many you've got lined up, but. <laughs> we'll start with Bill Murray. I'm going to say 46. 42. 44. Yeah, uh, 42. I'm going to say 42 as well. There we go. 43. Hey! Nice. Very close. Um, Andy McDowell. Oh, not 42. 34. 32. Mm. 36. I'll go 35. She is 35. Hey! He's on fire. Wow, this is unusual. <laughs> Larry? Larry. Larry the camera guy, not Larry the cable guy. So Chris Elliott, that is. Yes. 27. No. 32. 35. 46. 33. Hey, ooh, I'm doing well today. You wow. Are, yeah. mm. um, Nancy? Oh, jeez. Who is Marita Garrett? 29. They're all 29, right? 29. 25. <laughs> 38. I don't remember what she looked like. 32. She's 31. Ooh. I remember what I said. 27, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. It I was said, that long ago. I said 38. I think, I, I actually, I think I said 31, guys. I think we all said 31. I think we oh all said goodness. 31. Yeah, we always said 31. Everyone said 31. Yeah, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I did hear your answers. Yeah, but then, but then <laughs> when you, said it. but then when you dropped off the call, we all thought 31 sounds Tom, right. Tom, did you say 32? Ah. Uh, Me? I said 29. I'll oh, tell 29. Yeah. George said 32, I think. Oh, okay. I there thought I heard 32. Anybody else? Or are we, we going to tempt fate further? Let's just go for Doris as well, the waitress. Oh, I don't really remember. 40. 34. Four. Well, I thought she looked older. Fifty-two. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Fifty-two. I thought she looked much older as well, but she's only thirty-nine. Forty. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I won this. One. I never win this. Nice. I'm well happy yeah. with that. All right, Georgia. How's your internet? Because we're going to talk about the critics. If you could please, the critics, critics, critics. Yeah, I'm hoping mine won't drop out quite as much. Um, so I found quite a bit because obviously it's quite a big film in it. So uh, Randy White from Common Sense Media gave it five out of five, said Bill Murray shines in this good-natured comedy that delivers lots of laughs and some honest sentiment. Uh, then we get one from Caroline Westbrook, who's writing for Empire, gives it four out of five. Uh, says, ironically, giving the theme of the film, this never gets old. Winning performances and respect for the comedic value of the script delivers laughs every time. Which, eh. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure I agree totally with it, but there we go. And then our good friend Roger Ebert Eves. has give, given us a 
bit of a bit of a sentence on this we get groundhog day is a film that finds its note and purpose so precisely that its genius may not be immediately noticeable it unfolds so inevitably it's so entertaining it's so apparently effortless that you have to stand back and slap yourself before you see how good it really is so certainly he over he underrated it on his original um review but he enjoyed it so easily that it was seduced into cheerful moderation uh, but there are a few films, this one is one of them, that burrow into our memories and become reference points. When you find yourself needing the phrase like, this is like Groundhog Day to explain how you feel, a movie has accomplished something. Which, yeah, I agree True. with that. That's become yeah. become in people's vernacular now. Groundhog Day is a feeling, is, a, is yep. an it's event. It's in our culture, all... yeah. Yeah. He had originally given it three stars, and on this redo that George is talking about, he upped it to four. Four to four. Oh, okay. And finally, William Goldman. William Goldman, who wrote The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Ellie's favorite film that we reviewed last year. <laughs> um, I really like William Goldman. So do I. He said in 1993, he said, I think Groundhog Day is the one film out of all the movies that came out this year. This is the one we'll be remembering in 10 years. He's right. Nailed it. Yeah. You know what else he nailed? Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. <laughs> let's talk about hmm. some, let's talk about some of our critics. It's a musical podcast. Said, "Oh man, this film is amazing. I love the montage of deaths. I love speculating on just how long he's been living this day for, and can't wait to hear you speculate." Spyhard's podcast say potentially Bill's best outing. Instantly quotable and totally easy to rewatch with a plot device done so well. They renamed it after the film. Total thumbs up from us. Carlo, that's Carlo, low, 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 said crazy comedy. No, I'm not going to do it. It's a crazy comedy with a crazy premise that's elevated even more by Murray's performance. Uh, Chat Smash said, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Such an easy rewatch choice. The development of the react relationship between Murray and McDowell as he learns to drop the cynicism and embrace the love of life makes this a top choice of movie with a message. He makes it sound like a Hallmark movie. He does, doesn't he? He does. <laughs> Uh, but Derek Duvall show said, how much of a bell end during filming was um, was Bill Murray that uh, Harold and him did not talk until he was on his deathbed? <laughs> That's true. Can't really argue with that too much. Uh, I kid you not. Groundhog Dames podcast says, wow, <laughs> we love Groundhog Day. It's a perfect film. I think if that was my podcast. I would love Groundhog Day as of well. Of course, yeah. A deceptively simple idea is played out with warmth, laughter, and smart. The characters shine, and the story plays out beautifully without shying away from darker themes. One to watch again and again and again. Dot dot dot. I see what you did there, Groundhog <laughs> Dames podcast. Official postie of the BFE, Russell. Russell says a hilarious watch hey. with Murray at the top of his game. It's also still influencing movie to this day, but aren't even in the same genre. A.E. Happy Death Day, Edge of Tomorrow. I haven't seen either of those. Happy Death Day is good. Is it good? Yeah. Okay. Is that that horror that came out a little while ago? Yeah. There's Happy yeah. Death Day 2, which hidden. It's all right, but it's not as good as the first. Uh, Chance Whitmore says my hero Bill Murray film it nicely balances the line between the darkness of the subject matter and it's becoming a farce uh, it's a film I watch again and again seems oh. to be it Dwayne Smith hi Dwayne <laughs> says I love Bill Murray have since Ghostbusters I've watched this so many times and it's Bill is absolute best he and Harold Ramis were quite a partnership so many great scenes the Ned Punch and the one with him stuffing his face with the Danish or whatever that is spring to mind what if there were no tomorrow I wouldn't have to go to work I'd be okay with that. Uh, then we have, uh, sorry, one second. How to Love Lit Podcast say, hybrid school for teachers reminds me of Groundhog Day. Every day, we literally repeat our days now. Life imitating art. As someone who works in a school, absolutely. Mm. Yep. And Tom, you, you, you work at a school, I believe, as well, don't you? I do. Yeah, so it's this distance is fantastic. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm just scanning for a couple of lot. The effing nerds say this is one of those lightning in the bottle episodes or situations where the strengths of Bill Murray as an actor and Howard Ramis as a director come together to create magic. There's an underlying sadness that they had a falling out here because this is arguably their best work together. And I would agree yes, I with am. that. And literally, just as we've been recording this, what's your next podcast? Said one of my favorite Bill Murray movies. It works on every level for me and shows you don't need a complicated plot to make a great movie. And friend of the podcast, Andrew, who does our podcast the parks on talking the mickey just rewatched it amazing comedy surprisingly philosophical and a nice love story it's pretty much a nice succinct way to talk about how it was yeah so all we have to do now is just before as people are thinking about their personal ratings their personal rankings out of 10 give it a rating out of 10 yeah half marks are allowed but no like 8.165 oh okay Damn it. We call that the Georgia rule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you knew this. There was a musical that came out about this film as well. There is no a musical. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Mitchin and Harold Rubin, the guy who wrote the original wow, script, I love Tim worked Mitchin. together on a musical. And mainly they did it because Rubin was bored. And when he signed over the film rights to Columbia, it did not include musical rights. So he had the right to go do this. So That's he did it. Cool. So I played for a few months and things like that. Yeah. So such is. So. I'd like to have seen that. Yeah, it's all right. Tim Minchin, though. He's the guy behind Tim Matilda. Great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's I mean, good. I, 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 song. I, I, I don't know if it ever still, still holds water. But anyway, so ratings out of 10. Liam, where do you rank Groundhog Day out of 10? I'm going to give it a strong seven and a half ice sculptures. Okay. Uh, Georgia. I am giving it six and a half slaps to the face. Six and a half slaps to the face. Okay. Ellie. I'm going to give it seven and a half as well. Good to make that brief. Uh, Tom. I'm going to go with eight. Eight. There we go. And I am going to join the Canadian. Apparently, we just understand Groundhog Day better Mm -hmm. than you do. I'm going to give it eight albino groundhogs out of ten. Cool. The superior Canadian groundhog. <laughs> so, eight that, Wireton Willies. Eight Wireton Willies. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit crude over in the side of the <laughs> Sounds like some sort of a sexual act, I think. <laughs> but uh, that is kind of where we ranked with that. So, uh, first off, uh, a massive thank you to Tom from Pod Jerky for yeah, sitting with you, us. We have, we have some laggy internet too. So, thank you for your Sorry. patience and joining in. And why don't you go ahead and take a couple more seconds and just promo anything you want to do right now, Tom? Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Pod Jerky. You can find our podcast on any podcast platform, uh, Twi- um, Spotify, Apple. Uh, you can find us on our link tree, actually. It's probably easiest to get you there is uh, linktr.ee forward slash Pod Jerky. And tune in because we are going to be starting a new podcast. I can't tell talk too much about it right now, but we're going to be starting a second podcast and that's going to be coming up within the next month, I hope. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. How crazy do you have to be to start two podcasts? <laughs> well, this is, well, this is actually going to be uh, a different podcast with a different co-host. Wow. Okay. Um, but it's going to be a special guest that's going to be the co-host. And then there's going to be a lot more special guests that are going to be on this show. So, Well, I look forward to that. Working on a very, very big project. Excellent. Good. Well, that yeah. sounds enticing. That's just, that's just enough of a hook. So there's just two orders of business left today. And the first one is we have to reveal our choice, our nomination for the Valentine's episode poll, bum, bum, bum. which we will be released on February 16th, but we're still making Valentine's yeah, yeah, yeah. themed. But yeah. So uh, it has to be a rom-com or a romance of some sort. We're not rewatching the crow. Oh, I pray uh. it's not the crow too, but <laughs> Liam, could you please give us your choice and maybe justification even for what you've chosen? 
I've chosen Serendipity. Wow. I Michael, love this Is it Michael movie. Keaton? No. No, hang on. John Cusack. John Cusack. Kate okay. Beckinsale. I never saw him. I love this movie, and I fell in love with it the very first time I watched it. Okay. And, and I must have seen this film about 10 times. Excellent. So, yeah, it, it's a great, great, great little movie. What happens in accidental, you know, meetings of people? Okay. And how, how you miss them and blah, blah, blah. It's good. Excellent. Uh, Georgia. So I have gone with one that I first watched in cinemas when it came out. Um, I haven't seen it since, but I remember going into the toilets and just it was just full of people in the mirrors, like readjusting their makeup and drying their eyes because by the end of it, everyone was bawling. And that was about time. Oh, oh I thought you were with Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> okay, so about time. Good shout. About time, Good yeah. Good shout. Ellie. I'm going to choose 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh! I've picked my favourite already. (laughs) I I do like me some Heath Ledger. Now, I I could argue, is it more of a teen comedy than a romantic comedy? But that's up for the audience to decide. I will put it up there. So... I had totally had you down for wow. picking the notebook. So did I. <laughs> I was mad well, the notebook. I so nearly did. I literally changed my mind while we were recording. Wow. Wow. Okay. And then for me, wow. Okay. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Ooh. Here we go. I'm excited. And it even links to this one in a very obvious way. Well, yeah, because you told us in the podcast. Did I? Well, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to throw my vote down for Andy McDowell one more time with Hugh Grant. Ah, four four weddings, weddings and a, and a funeral. funeral. So just to uh, sort of put it on the horn one more time we have Leon with serendipity georgia with about time ellie with 10 things i hate about you and i have chosen four weddings and a funeral two of our films have numbers in the title two of them do not but only one has a funeral <laughs> and you can't spell funeral without fun just remember that folks <laughs> the academy award nominee if not winner for best original screenplay so no oh, cool that's not, it's really four disparate choices. I had a backup ready just in case, but so I didn't need did I, I had two backups, but did didn't you? need them. Didn't need yeah. them. Wow. Yeah. All right. So next week, it is, uh, this has been in the counter forever. Oh, is this a heavyweight? This is a heavyweight. Cool. This is legitimate heavyweight. This cool. is one that could. Break records? I don't, well, I'm, I'm talking about like download, but, but as far as like ratings and peep, this this is one that sh- that may crack like the top ten that we've done. Oh, so it is that sort of a film. Uh, this is an absolute heavyweight, uh, in the sense of well, every sense of the word. Uh, I'm glad we held back on it this long. Uh, some might say it's been a year in the making. Some might say it's been 65 million years in the making. Ooh. How are none of you getting it from that reference? <laughs> Oh, Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic Yeah, 65 you know what, million right? years. It was huge when it came out. Yeah. And I never watched it for about 10 years. Yep. So I was like 10 years too late watching it. I, I, it sat on my, th- I got a VHS of it for Christmas and waited for like years before I watched it. Yeah. And when I watched it, I think cause it was so hyped. Yeah. I'm very curious to go back now and look at it and go, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. 1993. Wow. Yeah. And this is the movie that really changes CGI in films. Was it that it's written by Michael Crichton? Michael Crichton. Crichton. Yeah. It looks like Crichton, but yeah, it's Crichton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Isn't Greg- this the one that you have the song about to help kids remember when it's CGI the nineties. Oh yeah. Hang on, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll do that next week. But so we want me to make all of our listeners go, what? Yeah. 
but, I've never seen Jurassic Park. Wow. That's good, because I tell you what, like it's it's a film that had its legacy tarnished by two and three, and then arguably ruined by by the new Jurassic films. Jurassic World. <laughs> Jurassic World. And I was like, just stop making dinosaurs. But let's go to the first one, where they didn't know that yet. So, yeah, the first Jurassic Park starring uh, Richard Attenborough's, wait, David Attenborough, which one's the, is the, Richard. Is it's- the environmentalist David? No, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So by David Attenborough's little brother or older brother Richard, who is an actor, yeah. and is great in this. So I'm brilliant. looking forward. Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, Samuel L. Jackson, yes, um, Wayne Laura, Knight, Laura Dern, Laura Dern, all in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Welcome to Jurassic Park. What we'll <laughs> saying next week? So please join us next week when we open the park for Jurassic Park for best film ever. I've been here. I'm Tom. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. And before we leave, let's just stop a moment, bow our heads, and take a moment for world peace. (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) Catch you on the flippy flip flop. You can be in a relationship where you've been flirting a little bit, and it's like, you know, tee hee hee, tee hee hee. It doesn't feel like they're there yet. No. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's only day one for her. Yeah, day one. Yep. Mind you, I've had a few day ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. A, a, f- a few day ones, I'm sure, but not, but n- <laughs> not a few. Not a few. You can sleep. You can sleep if you want. I promise, no, I won't no, touch no, you no, much. No, no. <laughs> and at midnight, you disappeared. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you know me so well. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I might choose to keep it in. (laughs) 